Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jake the Magger was a biker and I drove his motorcycle very fast. Drove a big chop hop with a gang color jacket and I ran down citizens for laughs. He had an old lady named Petula who packed an automatic 45 gun. They had just come up from California where they'd shot six cops for fun. Jake thought he was the best there was. He's down the interstate he saw. Till the day he tangled with the county sheriff who they all call 104. It was late on a evening and jake he was feeling kind of mean because he just ran out of his favorite drug you know the one called amphetamine so he sauntered up to patula and he said say baby let's split there's a little gas station on down the road that might be fun to hit so they drove up to the station and they both jumped off of jake's ride they were up to the original jake's decision as the boss on to the inside and he was an old man And you know he didn't think it very funny When Petula pulled out that great big gun Said, honey, give me all your money Well, the old man opened up the cash drawer And Jake grabbed money and ran With Petula out the door To the big chop pile of his parked on the center kickstand Then they headed out for the four lane And they thought it was lots of fun With Jake on his hog With Petula the dog With the automatic 45 gun Thought it was the best there was Was down the interstate he saw Till the day he tangled with the county sheriff Who they all call 104 Out the description. Oh, Jake the maggot with the gang color jacket and Matula with the 45 gun. Now it just so happens that Jake, he was headed for 522. Well, 104 was popped in the shade, thinking, baby, I'm waiting for you. Jake laughed and thought he had it made, but you should have seen a look in his eyes. When outside Monroe on 522, you know, he got one hell of a surprise. Cause up ahead on the roadway, with a shotgun looking down the ball. 
knuckles with his finger on the trigger in the infamous 104. It was then the change that it started, but Jake didn't think it very fun. When it felt the blast at the spokes of his wheels from 104 shotgun. Night Dreams Talk Radio. After Dark wants to give a big shout out to all the truckers that listen to our show. Night Dreams Talk Radio Network brings you the World Paranormal News with James Creechbaum. Now, the latest news. I'm James Creasebaum with the Paranormal and World Changes News. Well, Ohio ranks as one of the top states for Bigfoot sightings. Now, when many people hear the word Bigfoot, they automatically think of Washington or Oregon or the Northwest, Pacific Northwest. However, Ohio usually ranks third or fourth in the country in the number of reports annually from hunters, farmers, and people just living outside of the major cities. And they routinely report tall bipedal ape-like creatures. UFO sightings triple in New York City in 2019. At least, according to 35 New Yorkers who reported UFOs in 2019 three times, the 12 who called in close encounters the year before, with Manhattan and Queens had the most believers with 12 each, 12 sightings each. A mystery blob of hot water has been found. Now, this mystery blob of hot water, which is vast swath exhibiting an unexpectedly high temperature, has left scientists scratching their heads. Covering an area of over 1 million square kilometers, this huge patch of warm water is situated off the Pacific Ocean around 800 kilometers off the coast of New Zealand. Also in New Zealand, glaciers. These glaciers are turning brown from the Australian brush fire, smoke, ash, and dust. And these snow-capped peaks and glaciers are discolored as the former PM says ash could accelerate the glacier melting. Also, one expert has said that the increase in the glacier melt this season may be as much as 30%. Bags of Alistair Crawley's house go on sale. As it has burnt down, or has had a couple of fires, current owners of the infamous occultist Loch Ness home are selling bags of its charred remains on eBay to recoup some money to help, I guess, for repairs. A possible triangle UFO sighting above Whitestown, New York. And this just happened, with, and that was on January 3rd. And there's actual footage of it, and the footage is a possible triangle formation was filmed over Weistown, New York on January 3rd. Next news break, top of the hour. You are listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio Network. From our compound to you worldwide. With your host... Gary Anderson. Well, that is me. Well, I hope everybody had a great weekend. I'm just two days away from my birthday. And this is one birthday I really, really wish it was another six months away. Turning the big 68. Well, it's all almost, well, what can I say? I think about it and I just get flabbergasted. It seems like just yesterday, like I was telling my wife yesterday, I remember being 13 years old. 
cutting school, doing all the things a lot of 13-year-olds do. And it just seems like overnight, now I'm like one of the old men I used to make fun of. Anyway, James, uh, who's our guest tonight, by the way? Tonight is Rob Shelsky, and he'll be talking UFOs and different things that UFOs do or could do or well, may be doing. Well, I know one thing we're going to be talking about with uh, with uh, Rob is the deadly UFOs. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Not the friendly ones that some people think they are. <laughs> no, and, and the, uh, the deadly ones, you might only see them once, and then you might not even be around to talk about them. Uh, you might get a free ride. You may get a free ride, all right. You you might get a free um, a diet where you lose weight real quick too, or be, or get invited to dinner. I was just going to say that you could be invited <laughs> to, uh, to dinner on that nice spacecraft. They'll take you into that real nice fancy kitchen, and they'll you know here's a table for you. Uh huh. Okay. Well, hey, yeah. you need to lay down on this table. I don't know. A lot of people yeah. go missing. Yeah, and, and um, you know, we've had a few people on here that um, were abducted, and while they were abducted, they seen other people f- that they didn't know where they were from on this same craft that they were abducted on. So that tells you that they've got some kind of agenda where they're taking people from all over, and some are coming back and some aren't. Even from Nebraska? <laughs> Even from Nebraska, I know. I know, I, it, and I shouldn't make fun of it. But I tell you, a lot of people go missing, and this the thought of the being insecure now, because are you safe in your own bed, in your own front room, watching TV, or even driving in the car, or just going for a walk out in the woods? It seems like you're not safe, but what can I say? It just, there is something out there, and I don't want to find out. But anyway, that's why we got guests talking about it, and we got some good guests coming up all the way through February on ufos let alone a little bit on bigfoot a little bit on time travel we've got everything covered by the way our listenership james is this exploded or did we top 20 yet uh i'm hoping to be on the top 20 you know i the last <laughs> i looked were right around under the 100 range but uh going through and checking our show with some of the other shows we're just right there with them if not even better than some of the ones that's been around 12 13 14 years it's i think it's because the content we offer you know the guests we have on and all that well the the root of any good show is having a good guest with good content i uh, seriously i think that's the root of it we've proved it to ourselves time and time over the last two years with their own little in-house experiments so to speak and i have seen some of those bar scales comparing some of the major shows with ours and and the popularity were more popular than some of the bigger name stuff yeah isn't that kind of interesting and it and yeah, it's it only happened recently and you know it 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 took two years for all this to happen, but all of a sudden, like, somebody turned the light switch and they discovered us. Yeah, it was like somebody put a jolt, and next thing you know, um, you know, we went from so-so to, we're like, we're more popular than some of the, on those apps, and and I read those bar scales, so you know, they don't lie, I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. And some of the radio stations, like, you know, in San Diego, they told me that we're now like the number one show in the evening, uh, you know, talk show. 
So what what can I say? It's crazy, isn't it? We must be doing something, right? It must be like the wacky news. Like the deputies come to this house because the neighbors called the police, right? And saying somebody is crying for help. Could you imagine the police barging into somebody's house, right? All these, you know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus uh, deputies and all this stuff to find out it was nobody yelling for help it was a parrot <laughs> it was one you know that you know who that reminds me it reminds me of you with your mccall and and um, saying things like um somebody you know real close came in one day and the mccall was saying things about him like hey how do you learn to say that about me but yeah that's comical those Hey, listen, they, they pick up on what they hear, so if you teach them the wrong thing to say, they're going to say it. If, if it's something that, you know, a neighbor or somebody thinks somebody's in distress, they're going to call the cops. <laughs> yeah, help me, help me. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I, but, the you know, my wife has this, not this is a cop. She has some other parents, you know, but you can never, you never know what they're going to say. I mean, you can sit there and try to get them to say a word, and if you talk to them for 20 minutes, they'll kind of do it. But, you know, they just speak their own mind. Now, the macabre has gotten smart enough. When you go to leave the house, it'll say bye-bye. So it knows you're leaving. And when you come in, it'll say hi. And then he'll say, where's Dr. Pepper? <laughs> where's Dr. Pepper? At the store. Still. Yeah, probably. Oh, I don't drink Dr. Pepper. But, you know, what I hate is when I sit there and I forget and I'll have the cell phone in my pocket, and I hear a ring. So I quickly pull the cell phone out of my pocket. Then I realize it wasn't number my cell phone; it was the macabre. <laughs> He's got your number. You wait till the macabre there um, picks up on your wife's voice, and 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 fools you that way. Well, you know, for a long time before my my dog passed, oh. it, it picked up. The, it sounded identical to my dog Freeway. So, you know, I'd be in the bedroom and all of a sudden I, you know, in freeway, I forget. He was, you know, sleeping on the end of the bed. But I hear, you know, across the house, freeway, you know, barking. So I figured something's up. I go, it wasn't freeway. Freeway was sound asleep. It was the macabre. <laughs> the macabre messing with you, making you go from uh, one end of the house to the other. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Some escape pigs, well, visit a grocery store. Now, they, do they go for the food? Do they go for the bread? Do they go for anything other than liquor? No. They went straight to the liquor aisle and got snockered. <laughs> My question is, did they at least take the liquor with them, or they just sat there and got drunk in the store? 
<laughs> they I, get caught again. I don't know. Oscar Mayer is looking for a new hot dogger to travel in the weenie mobile. <laughs> that just sounds all wrong. <laughs> I look up for a new hot dogger to travel in the weenie mobile. Yeah. Uh, know, I hope they have you know, really got an old point bulletin out there or something. <laughs> I'm surprised that sucker is still running. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. Well, oh uh, Marine, uh, Maine firefighters rescue a horse from a frigid creek. Oh, I see where they got somebody, or a, I think it was a dog in Canada, but um, it seems like every year there's horses or dogs or something falling in the uh, falling through the ice and getting rescued. And people don't realize uh, firemen put their lives on the line just to rescue these animals as well as people. Oh, yeah, they do. Well, a high school team builds the world's largest toilet paper pyramid. It took 27,000 rolls of toilet paper (laughs) to construct the world's tallest paper pyramid. Why would you waste that much? You know, that's a lifetime of toilet paper. That is a lifetime supply, unless, you know, you've got some stomach issues. But, yeah, um, again, these Guinness records, they they amaze me. Of the silliest things you never think of, the biggest toilet paper, what was it, pyramid? Uh, Yeah, that is amazing. But think of the time and the effort these people put into doing that. Boy, if they channel that energy for something a little more positive, they could really be some movers and shakers out there. I don't know. Burger King fans are really frustrated over the stupid new plant-based burger that (laughs) Burger King can't keep up, uh, you know, just putting them out because everybody's buying them. Oh, boy. I I still say, listen, cows have been for a millennia been making the best burgers taste like meat. So why change? Why, why use plants to taste like meat when cows have been doing it perfectly all along? Oh, boy. And, and it's not good for you. Anytime you use chemicals or a process to make something that's fake or it tastes like something else, it's just it can't be healthy. I wonder, I'm not going to say Burger King, but some of these other companies, I wonder if they put any meat extract or something in it to give it the flavor, you know, to make it taste real. I know there's a chain on their french fries that they use a meat extract in their french fries when they, you know, process the fries. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That that whole word process, that that's just gives me chills because whatever happened to just food, quit messing with the food, leave the food alone, don't try to make fake food, just leave food as food. <laughs> Dang it. I don't like eating processed food. I mean, seriously. Me either. Well, that makes Mm-mm. two of us. <laughs> Probably a lot more people out there, too. Now, do you have one or two stories before I get back into the, you know, the wacky, crazy, you know, news? Oh, I got all kinds of stories. What, what, what kind do you want to hear tonight? Well, since we've got a guest on UFOs, well, how about something on UFOs? Okay, let's see what we got here. Uh, yeah, there's, um, oh, where'd it go? Oh, here's one on UFOs. Um, a former, the former astronaut from the UK. And her name is. You just stole that one from me. That was my next thing. I'll go ahead. Oh, what? Oh, go ahead. No, you can, you can go ahead. Why not? I'll just go to something else. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, her name's Dr. Helen Sharman, and she was Britain's first ever astronaut. And she is certain that we are not alone in the universe. And she goes on to say, it's possible that they're right here, right now, and we simply can't see them. And she thinks that aliens do exist, and there are so many billions of stars out there that the universe, that there must be some, all sorts of forms of life everywhere out there. I kind of agree with her, you know, on that. I've said that before on here. Matter of fact, I think I said it just a few days ago, <laughs> to be honest with you. But. And um, <clears throat> also, there's, oh, I had another one here, where'd it go? Let's see. Oh, cryptid. How about cryptids? Oh, here's ahead. one on a, yeah, here's one on uh, cryptid. Now this woman, this is a woman's Bigfoot sighting. Let's see, she was fishing along the river, her and her friend, and they were up a rock wall. It was about eight foot, eight feet high above the river. We had been fishing there for about two hours, and when we saw a herd of deer cross the river away from us, about five minutes later, we could see something moving around in the woods directly across from where we were sitting. And the river is part of the reservation. It's an Indian reservation. And we just figured it was a deer conti and continued to fish. Then we realized that it was not a deer. It was something that stood up on its hind legs. It looked as though it was trying to eat leaves off the trees. Now the sunset caught its eyes, and I realized it was looking forward at us with these glowing reddish-orange eyes glowing from the sunlight. And I'm not implying it it was possessed or scary demonized or anything like that. But as I was trying to figure out what this deer was doing, I realized it was staring at us from the woods. And this and this is when me and my friend and I realized it was not a deer at all. A large black image that was standing on two legs staring right at us across from the river. So... Kind of like similar to the sighting you had across from a ways there, and you realized it wasn't a bear or a deer or anything, and then uh, it kind of sent chills up their spine. I guess it would. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would, too. My goodness. I couldn't imagine coming across something like that. Oh, also, there was oh, a uh, huge bright UFO over St. Augustine, Florida just recently. That was reported, and that was on January 3rd. And let's see. Here it goes. Here, here's what the witness says. The And there, there is actually a video of it, too. Uh, attached video showing at their time. Pictures. Let's see. In addition to the pictures and the video of the or orangish, orangish reddish light that appeared during the same two weeks nightly, in the southwest sky at about 45 degree angle and hovered, then moved after about an hour or after dark, and it moved west across the sky night, nightly until we couldn't see it. My husband, who, has, who actually recorded this video on this phone, had an experience about 20 minutes after this recording that he still won't share with me, and I don't know if he was if he has any video or picture evidence, and I still don't know what happened other than it really freaked him out. So that kind of almost sounds like he might have been abducted or had missing time, and he's really freaked out. What do you think? I don't know what to think. After some of the guests we had lately, I, it, it, he could have been abducted. Then again, lost time. It, it could be some other reason for it, but you never know. 
You know, there's a, no. big, a group of people out there who said there is no UFOs at all. That is just a figment of somebody's imagination that started this whole thing about UFOs. I don't believe that one. Well, you I know, could say this. If that's the case, then that's called mass hysteria, and I don't even think that's possible, is it? I don't know. Can you imagine you're waiting for an airplane flight? You're sitting in the lobby, and you see some guy just openly unzip his pants and just take a whiz right from the chair. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Well, this is according to the mirror. I mean, would they lie? No, they wouldn't lie. And I don't even know. If I seen something like that, I definitely know that I would not eat in that restaurant. And With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Of course, then again, maybe it's the guy that had a prior experience with a python in the restroom. So he's afraid to go use the restroom. Yeah, the so restaurant. he just used the chair there in the lobby with a couple hundred people <laughs> waiting to catch a flight. I don't know. A guy gets oh. even with his wife. His wife was having an affair on him. He kept quiet. He takes his wife to a nice desert beach, tropical beach, and he gives her this real sexy bathing suit. Well, the material disintegrates as soon as it hits water. His (laughs) wife kind of walks out into the water, and she's enjoying the warm waves crashing. And she's not bad looking to boot. Now there's literally hundreds of people on the beach. Guess what? She realizes something is wrong. <laughs> and then starts screaming, give me a towel, get me a towel. And he goes, no. And she no. goes, I can't stay in the water. And he goes, the hell, you should have thought about that when you had that affair on me. And he left. <sighs> Oh, he had a little revenge plot. Boy, you put a lot of time and effort into this one, I'll tell you. Yeah. You went and got a disintegratable bathing suit and everything. Probably went to a crowded beach, but... That's right. Uh, and on a tropical beach and a desert beach, a nice, hot, tropical beach. And she went out there and with a nice bathing suit and had to come out with nothing. I, some women, I wouldn't even bother, though. I got news for you. But, um, yeah, that would be a shock. If you're going in the ocean, next thing you know, your bathing suit just kind of melts in the water. That would kind of get, send a shock to your system, for sure. Well, I don't know. It kind of scares me. <laughs> yeah, it would scare you. I'd scare anybody. Especially, it depends on, uh, I guess, what the wife looked like, I reckon. Hell, it could be really <laughs> scary more ways than one. 
Yeah. But I guess it's a good way, you know, to get back at your spouse. <laughs> hey, you know. a way to get back at your spouse. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking, hey, speaking of craziness, there was a woman who admitted to passing off her dog's urine as her own for a drug test. Yeah, well, that didn't pass very long, did it? As soon as they they checked the urine, they knew it was non-human. I mean, what do these people think? Could you imagine if they'd come back and said, ma'am, you're going to have puppies. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Oh, ma'am, you got rabies. (laughs) You got rabies and you're having puppies. You need to see a physician or a veterinarian right away. Yeah, you need to see a vet. Uh, Well, a woman, well, something went wrong. She got really upset. She got herself arrested. And then she really realized now she's in jail. But when they went to release her, she didn't want to go because she thought it was like being in a, well, what, what can I say? She enjoyed it. She didn't want to go home. She she, she didn't want to go jail. Home. Probably had better food and sleep there. <laughs> I don't know. Point. I saw a TV show one time on the History Channel, and they were showing about young kids, you know, juveniles, end up in you know in, in juvenile detention. And some of the food they had was fine. Then they showed uh, a jail where adult prisoners were, and they had this stuff that kind of like looked like loaf. <laughs> It, you know, it, it, it maybe had a little bit like meatloaf, but it was a hard like loaf. And they had a, they were fed a slice of, of it for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And the jailer, you know, said, hey, it has all the nutrition you need to survive. <laughs> if you can stomach it and get it down, that's a good way to lose weight. But you know what that sounds like? Processed food. All over again. Yeah, it sounds like what they probably did is throw everything they had in there and make this horrible, you know, whatever concoction. Because you know what they Brisk. said? They don't have to give you good food. They just have to give you food where you can survive on. Yeah, all they got to do, as long as they meet the certain levels of codes, and that doesn't mean it's got to, believe me, that does, that's not good. As long as they meet the certain codes... Hey, like you say, they can mix it all in one thing and and make some mold like little look like a hockey puck, and and it's got all your nutri- daily nutrition in it, and that's all they got to do. I know it's, it's scary. Of course, I've never been in jail yet. I knock on wood, I never do. But I can tell you one thing: I, I if I, you know, you're supposed to be innocent till you're found guilty, right? Not in this country. <laughs> no, if you were actually innocent till you're proven guilty, then why do you have to eat prison food? Why can't you just order, you know, McDonald's and have it, you know, catered into you? <laughs> if you can afford it, why not? I mean, if you're not guilty yet, to, you're pronounced guilty, you're actually innocent. So why do you have to eat that stuff? I, listen, I'm not arguing with you. I agree with you, but they kind of want to make it hard for you. They want to make it miserable for you when you're in there. I, I, you know, another trick they like to do when you get in there especially these little jails that they hold you overnight in or something. Now, they like to turn know? the heat up to like 120 degrees and, and, and burn you up or freeze you out either one. I don't know that. I never <laughs> found that out. You know, I've seen where they actually have taken people and put them on chairs and then got the fire hose going. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you another thing. If you ever get put in a jail with a big town with a million people where the phone book is about, you know, four inches thick, they will put you in a chair and work you over the phone book a few times, too. I'm just saying. 
Oh, guess what? It's time for a break. We'll be back in three minutes. Uh, and the top of the hour, who do we have on our show? We have Rob Shelsky, and we're going to be talking UFOs and the dangers of them. Yeah, so everybody stay tuned tonight. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark. You thirst for some significance of the both dimensional kind. You enter a realm of spirit, of sight and sound and mind. Your radio is a cosmic doorway and your psyche Tune in to Gary and the Sun and Night Dreams After Dark. like to hear night dreams talk radio on your local radio station let them know tell them to check out www.nightdreamstalkradio.com and thank you you're listening to night dreams talk radio after dark with our host gary anderson and that is me well just about uh, half an hour away from our great guest now rob has been on our show probably about four or five times you know, he has written a lot of great books on UFOs, aliens, and 
you know what? The time just goes so fast when he's on. You know that, James. It just It's like instantaneously the show's over with. Uh, yeah, and you know, me and him had a couple things in common. We both have seen gators in Florida while we were in the water and the gator was in the water. <laughs> yeah, he learned a real smart thing. Don't go swimming in the canal, you know, just because you have a nice house and then you have a canal behind your house. He learned a lesson really fast. Don't go swimming. And evidently, he went swimming a couple of times, never saw anything. And then the last time he went swimming, he saw, well, a gator. That gator could have really had dinner with him. You know that. I, I do know that. Believe me, I gators are no joke. I, I, as a rule, if there's water in Florida, especially fresh water, there's probably a gator in it, or they, if they got access in it. And even your swimming pool, before you go out and just jump in, kind of look in there, because it's been known they like to get in there sometimes, too. And it, again, I was up to my waist, you know, fishing away in the canal, and here comes probably about 10-foot gator swimming along, and he had a little bit of meat to him. He could have done some damage, let me tell you. Yeah, well, he might not. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dear beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details i'll be talking to you and it's not just that could you imagine that one o'clock in the morning on a Friday night or Saturday night, you get romantic with your wife or girlfriend and you have a nice house with a swimming pool in Florida. And then you decide, hey, let's go out and skinny dip. Well, you never know what you might when you dive into that pool would be waiting there for you. Yeah. And if you're skinny dipping, uh, you, you may end up with some PTSD after that night with a gator in the pool. I, I'm just going to leave it at that right there, and you can fill in the blanks. But, um, yeah, that just sounds bad. But considering if a gator's in the pool, he's not going to find any nourishment. So it's undoubtedly <laughs> going to be hungry. So if you dive <laughs> yeah. in, it, it's, oh, hey, here's my dinner. You can't blame <laughs> them, can you? I mean, they, they want to survive, but it's just not that. It's everything else in, you know, Florida. Not knocking Florida, but they got, like, spiders and they got huge, you know, boa constrictors. I remember that guy we, we make fun of who went into the restaurant and had to use the bathroom and sat down. And the big python oh. came out of the uh, toilet. Yeah, that's got to be horrible because... Again, those teeth are angled backwards, and, and they can dislodge their jaws. And when they grip something, like, you really can't get them to grip it. And, you know, that's some soft skin tissue. Like, you know, it, it could just tear it away. And not that. Right. It gives a, a new meaning to uh, lockjaw. Well, not a human lockjaw, but the snake lockjaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But And, you know, the other thing about this whole scenario, if you think about it, 
the way toilets are made, they kind of go down and around, and and snakes are long, especially pythons. So that had to be like a tug of war going on there, if you know what I'm saying. Like he had to, he was trying to go, and it was trying to pull him in. Yeah, that scares me. I'm glad we don't have that. Of course, I, occasionally, you know, like how about that rattlesnake? That was another one. It just seemed like there's a lot of snakes. All yeah, it it seems like you can't go a day or two without, especially in the crazy, wacky news. If somebody finds a snake either on their pizza and the, you know, my wife kept arguing with me. And I finally, I sit there, I said, look at our oven. Th- th- there's so many different ways a snake could come through. Because up towards the, the top of the oven inside, if you ever look at it, there's openings on the side for venting. So uh, not only that, through the underneath, though, through the bottom. And all a snake's got to do is get its head in a little hole and the body will follow. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That snake got a good surprise. <laughs> he got a little fire put into him, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, that was, you know, some people get anchovies, but the uh, these people got rattlesnake on their pizza. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I would want to eat the pizza after that. I kind of, <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of wrecked eating pizza for a long time. Makes, yeah, you know what? You know, there's, uh, I read a report back about a year ago. I can't remember what state it is, but they built this house on property that has been infested for, with rattlesnakes for years and years and years. So they built this brand new, really expensive home. And the people moved in, and then all of a sudden, the snakes were everywhere. And it turned out, you know, they went out and got whoever t- removed snakes, but they just kept coming back because that, that, that property was infested with rattlesnakes. They, yeah, yeah. I would be suing the, the the guy who built the house, and you know, because it's not livable. No, and the thing about rattlesnakes, they all like to hibernate together and bunch up, and then in the spring when it gets warm, they all come out, and you know, they like to start making babies and stuff. So they really get together by the hundreds. And if they've been going to the same place, like say underground crevice underneath their house or the property, they're not going to stop coming there and. And you're going to have infestations. There's just no getting around it, yeah. unfortunately. Unfortunately, too, that these people, it was they were in the walls everywhere. So, I mean, it oh. was a nightmare of a house. I mean, you know, the only thing they could probably do with that house would burn it down. Yeah, yeah that probably is not going to solve the problem. It's just going to get rid of Wait, what's in the walls. <laughs> no, you burn it down, you don't have to worry about it. Just don't build another house there because... You know, again, to get rid of all the snakes, if it's been something there, it's been going on for hundreds of years uh, with an area that's infested with snakes. That's, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but it would surely, you know, scare me. Yeah, they're not going to, snakes aren't going to stop coming there. That's, you know, it's, it's like salmon going upstream to spawn. They, you know, the rattlesnake's going to go there every year. You're not going to stop them. And that, that house must have sounded like one big rattle in the walls. Jeez, I, I, I could just imagine because snakes, listen, all they need is a little crack to get their head in. They're, they're in there. And, and I've seen infestations, and, and that's no joke. Oh, yeah. I remember this one actor I had on my show. You know, he was a, you know, what do you call it? A stand-in, uh, you know, in bit parts. And he gave up acting because on one of the shows he was doing is he was out in the desert. And they said, okay, we want you to go onto this. It was a big, like, huge block of cement. And so he goes out there. And now he's, you know, they're only going to film the guy. It's like a Civil War type of thing. They're only filming the guy from like the knees up. 
for his shot. But he noticed everybody else was wearing, he said, tall boots that went up to their knees. <laughs> yeah, there was a reason. Well, what the, the director wanted was the guy to respond when he saw the snakes. So they could film it. <laughs> yeah, the poor guy's expensive, maybe getting bit. That's rotten. Yeah. You know, and then they also, in the same movie before that, he said that they had him go under this old abandoned uh, mobile home. And he was crawling underneath this mobile home. He said the spiders were like everywhere, huge ones, but that didn't scare him. It was the rattlesnakes. Yeah, those will get you every time because rattlesnakes are no joke. Uh, They can strike a good two feet away and they're quick. So if you're crawling around underneath the trailer, it's not like you've got a lot of mobility to get away from. You're pretty much dead in your tracks. So that's not a good position to be in with rattlesnakes. No, honestly, if you were underneath a trailer, right, which probably only had a couple feet between the ground and underneath the trailer, right? And they're right. and you're, they're filming you crawling underneath it, right? And you see a rattlesnake. What's your first reaction is to get up and run? <laughs> you get yeah. <laughs> well, actually, mine would be don't make any sudden moves until I make sure there's not any more around. But yeah, you're going to want to get out and away from there. Yeah. Well, the first, what are you going to do? Knock yourself out when you go to get up and run? <laughs> that could happen. Then you're probably going to get bit while you're knocked out and never wake up. Yeah, I don't know. Snakes, is this something? I'm glad I, you know, in the state where I'm at, down at the compound, I don't have to worry about poisonous snakes. The other side of the snake, they got, you know, the state, they got a whole bunch of rattlesnakes and, you know, waters, uh, water moccasins and all that stuff. You know, at the side of the state, it, you know, I don't have to worry about it, supposedly. Yeah, well, we don't have too many poisonous snakes out here where I'm at Copperheads mostly, but, uh, you got these water snakes. They're not poisonous, but they're a nuisance. I I go fishing. I get a big stringer of crappie on, you know, and I catch one put on the stringer. Well, I went to pull the stringer up, and I noticed it's heavier. Well, these water snakes had come up, and they would, they'd swallow whole my crappie. So now they're on the stringer because they got a crappie down in their stomach that's on my stringer. And I've got three or four snakes on my daggone stringer, and I'm like, oh, Lord, what is going on here? That's a terrible sight, too. Then you got to get them off. No, like I said, I don't like snakes. My first wife did that to me. There was a lake, and I, I tell you how naive I was. Okay? We wanted, <laughs> she, as a joke, she, her and her friends, they, they said, okay, we're going to go to Snake Lake and we're going to go swimming. And I said, oh, cool, you know? So we get to the Snake Lake, and it was a nice sized lake. And, you know, I get down to my bathing suit and I start going into the water. Nobody else is yet. And I go, I say, hey, you come in. Oh, we'll be right in. Hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of snakes. I guarantee you I screamed worse than any girl could ever scream. I could just hear you letting out some rips. Was you walking on water to get out of there? I remember it was the scariest thing I ever seen because you couldn't even move without you know a snake you know you know touching you that's how many there was and then it made sense to me afterwards i thought about it snake lake oh the okay the the lake was called snake lake yeah it was full of snakes (laughs) well it only makes sense gary snake lake full of snakes 
a snakes are no, you know, even poison ones that aren't poisonous, they can lay a heck of a, a good bite on you. And and the, what people don't realize, you can get a heck of an infection from their bite. Same way with these gators. Oh yeah. Now the gators take more than a bite. I guarantee you, they could take. Wow, you imagine you, you could lose a leg, arm, and some of the gators they, they actually have been known to just grab the person and pull them in the water, and then start devouring them. Yeah, they start to do that death roll, and you they'll tear your arms right off or whatever that whatever's in their mouth. It's it's coming with them, and you're not, the rest of you is not going with it. Yeah, well, don't ever go swimming in a lake that says Gator Lake. Also, that dead giveaway, you know, Snake Lake, Gator Lake, you know, Piranha Lake. Yeah, Piranha Lake, Snake Lake, um, you know, uh, was it the Creature of Black Lagoon Lake? These are lakes you might want to, you know, look into before you just jump into them. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was thinking about, like, the last guest we had on, you know, Avatar and all this stuff, you know, aliens and stuff like that. I just don't buy what he was saying. I thought about it over the weekend. I, I bet you was, and and um, it didn't make a logical sense. No, no, well, I and right, and like I said, maybe I'm thinking shallow minded, but I know our space force, whatever, it wouldn't justify us going to another solar system just to watch the solar system with an avatar and not you know, really get into the other civilization. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...or cultures. So I don't know. Yeah, I... I'm on the same page as you. Yeah, I just really got to watch it on some of the guests. I, I, I sat there for the hour and a half, and I, I, I really couldn't even. Did you even digest what he was even saying? <laughs> Gary, Gary, Gary. Uh, well, yeah, but it it kind of reminded me of. I don't know. I asked a lot of questions. I don't think I got many answers for him, but I got a lot of long answer. But it wasn't the well, answer. Well, he gave you answers, but not to your question. <laughs> Right, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, right. Oh, but and it kind of reminded me because um, we somehow we got into the transporters and that whole thing, and, and I'm still thinking about that with the mites and the flies, and that's I'm still trying to process that one. Well, it comes to the point now. It's <laughs> after we talked about that, you know, being a, a avid, you know, a Star Trek fan. And watching all the old reruns, watching all the, the next generation and all the different things that spin off of Star Trek. Yeah, I, I tell you what, <clears throat> I can't believe somebody didn't come out as a big giant uh, 
dust mite or who knows what, you know, whatever. Because, I mean, let's face it, 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 it they never showed anybody getting scanned or anything to kill any of these, you know, bugs, bacteria, even bacteria. Can right. you imagine if you had a yeast infection <laughs> and you get on one of these things, right? And you're transported down to a planet and you're transported back. You could turn back as a loaf of bread. <laughs> Oh, my. But I'll tell you what, there's some really potent yeast infections out there. They got their own teeth. I mean, you got to watch out, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, I, and this was, you know, I don't know if it'd be French bread or Italian bread, but you get, you, you know, you'd have to, you, they don't, none of this, I think none of the writers ever thought about that. No, because they didn't, you know, they didn't de-louse anybody, so they can put in a fermentically sealed transport. They just kind of jumped up there and, and kind of chanced it. <laughs> well, how and about again, Kurt? He was sitting on some planet, right? You yeah. know, doing whatever they were doing. He takes his tricorder out, and he's doing his thing. He picks up his little phone, right, and says, okay, beam me up, Scotty. And <laughs> I kept on, and, and, you know, and who knows what he could have brought with him. It is so true. Uh, and another thing, say you're, you know, hey, you're getting on the transporter to go do your thing down on this planet below, and you maybe you hug your girlfriend or your wife, and now you got a little bit of her hair on you, or you give your your dog a hug, and you know, it, so it gets messed up. And you know, these are mechanical things that are about to malfunction. So even if they're perfectly they're going to malfunction somewhere, so what? You're going to come back. You know, all messed up with, well, like you said, breast or <laughs> different hair or, um, you know, start barking or something. I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, Dreamland uh, on chat. I don't think signing a waiver would do any good because, they, you know, <laughs> you're on some alien planet. Who knows what bacteria is on you? OK, and you're walking around, right? And you're touching stuff. And, you know, then you just say, beam me back, and they beam you back, and then you walk on, the, you know, like nothing happened. You're walking around the Enterprise. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows what you, 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 come on. They never, they could have actually made a good show of that. Oh, they could have, because you, do you know that the, it's unlimited what you could have come up with with insects or bugs that was on somebody they didn't know when you transport them back in and next thing you know, you've got little claws out your nose or, you know, you've got weird eyes or something. You never know what you pick up from these planets. Well, you remember the fly, not Vincent Price, but the second one it was done with the guy from Jessica Park. You know, yeah. he, he goes into this transporter that he built. Right. And he did it a couple of times. No problem. But one time a fly is in there at the same time he does. He transports himself to the other pod. He's OK that day. The next day his back gets itchy. <laughs> well, you know what's going. He's growing a set of wings. And then after the wings start, well, everything else starts over, you know, progresses, you know, like he can't be in the daylight. He starts turning and looking more like a fly every day. He starts getting attracted to uh, rotten meat, and he gets angry around fly strips and all these things. And his woman's like, what's going on with you? You're changing on me. I still like the original Vincent Price one at the very end of the movie. Okay? Vincent Price now has turned into a little fly. You know, because it actually took the him 
and put him in the fly body, and the fly was him. Can, can <laughs> yeah, right, the fly was. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you know, his brains were in a, a, I don't know how you could put his brains in the little, but it was cool. The little fly was on the spider web, and the spider's getting ready to eat this little fly, which is actually now Vincent Price. And he's going, help me, help me, he's going to eat me, help me. You know, I, you remember that? I do. Yes. That would be horrific to get turned into a fly and then you're caught in a spider web because the thing is, you would now be on their level. So that spider would be giant with these giant fangs coming at you to suck you dry. Oh, my God. It'd be awful. So I wonder if these aliens are put in some type of hibernation state while they're traveling, even if it's for a short period of time. I, I, you know, because you, you would think about if they're on a UFO and they're coming from another galaxy, solar system, even if they're going through a portal or, or a black hole or anything like that, are they being, you know, uh, in a chamber where they're, you know, all their bodily functions are almost stopped for they don't age while this is going on? We haven't talked about any of that. None of the guests have ever. Uh, and and again, I, these are good theories. Um, how they get here? Do they use them portals, wormholes? Um, and, and even if they Uber. are using, they them, use Uber. <laughs> they use an Uber. Okay, they're using planetary Uber. So even at that, um, boy, can you imagine the frequent flyer miles you'd be racking up with that stuff? Boy, oh boy. But yeah, you, you know the things is limitless of what they must have to go through the the knowledge and the advancement way above us to even do that stuff but yeah do they they put themselves in uh like a hibernation or or do they have avatars or little robots that do their work and then when they get here they wake up i don't know i don't know i don't buy the, the little avatar <laughs> thing I, I don't but can you imagine though i mean some of these people, like that astronaut, you know, from uh, Great Britain. Yeah. You know, like aliens are walking among us. She's not the only one that's been saying that. They could be. You know, maybe they're in a different dimension. We don't see them. And they're walking right through us. Walking right through your living room right now. Going through your studio and you don't even see them. But that's very true, and they're you know they're watching you doing your personal stuff too, and probably taking notes and stuff. But yeah, these it's very possible because these interdimensions supposedly they can overlap, and we can't see them, but maybe they can see us. Obviously, if they can come here at will, they can obviously see us at, at will when they want to. Or the we have been in, uh, affected uh, so much on our planet that seventy percent of people are not people they're aliens oh right with the and who knows how long listen aliens are supposed to be coming here for millennia so who knows how long they've been uh interbreeding or hibernating hibernizing with us so who knows how much some of these humans out here might not might be more alien than human yeah could be Watch when you, you, you that's something you got to do. You know, if you get in a relationship, just don't check for, you know, other things. Check and see if they're actually human. Have their DNA done. <laughs> right. And here's the other thing you got to think about. 
maybe these DNA places, the heads of them might be aliens. So you're never going to get the information back legitly. Well, not just that. You're sending your DNA to them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, what better place to, well, get DNA? They could be getting DNA. They got, like, DNA from, a, was it a couple, five million people so far? which represents a huge population of the earth. I mean, you figure that's 5 million people, and then you divide it by, you know, family tree and all that stuff. They could actually, that could be scary. Yeah, it could be scary. That's more than scary because, uh, and I even did a little news report on that a couple of weeks ago about these places with the DNA. Be careful because they could, once they have that, they can, if somebody really was against you, they could plant your DNA. Uh, they can make you look like a killer killer. And you, probably, you don't even have to leave your house for two years, and you've done it. Oh, yeah, and not just that. But the other thing is I've known people that sent out to a couple of these places and got all different results. Oh, exactly. And that's another thing um, with these results. So uh, how accurate could they be? It's. I don't know. I think the whole thing's scary. I would never send my DNA anywhere just for the fact that, boy, they, they have the power to railroad you for crimes or, or whatever they want to do. Or Lord knows what they could do with DNA. That's just something I wouldn't want to give up. Yeah, well, nowadays with DNA, I think we gave up pretty much of all our rights. Seriously, when you think about it, let's say your long-lost cousin robbed a Seven Eleven, and his DNA was, you know, on file. So you send in to get your DNA checked. Besides finding out who your long, long uh, cousin is, now you just probably put your long, long cousin in prison. Well, how about this one? What if you were born and you were born with an identical twin, but you were given up for adoption and you didn't even know you had a twin, but your twin was evil and did all these evil things. You send your DNA and now you're linked to a serial killer that's you because you got an identical twin. You don't even know it. How about that? Now, again, with DNA, also, if you think about it, they say that the odds are like one in a million. Well, how many people are walking on this earth? Yeah, just in the United States alone, over 300 million and 7 billion and over 7 billion on the earth. I don't know. It's scary. There are some states that want to, even before you get uh, charged with a crime and go to court and found guilty, they want to be able to collect your DNA. And put it in the data bank. Yeah, actually, that's that's against your constitutional right. But anymore, I think they want to throw that out the door, too. Well, I don't know. The way the Constitution is going lately, who knows? Exactly, and that's scary. You should have the right to say yes or no in your DNA unless you're really, they got a lot of evidence against you and you're linked up, you know. But even still, I, I don't know. It, it's uh, I'm not. I know that I'm not voluntarily giving my DNA up for nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, and then the, you give your DNA out, and then you find out you got cancer, or you're going to be getting cancer because all your gene, you know, the makeup of your DNA. I mean, you don't. It, it's given out all, and then nobody wants to insure you because oh, now you're a risk. Think about that right. one. Right, and here's something ironic. One of the head DNA guys. Um, he did a whole thing about how they could find out with DNA who who's who, with these serial killers and it matched them and who could be a serial killer with this DNA. The ironic part was the guy that headed that up, he matched that. He didn't even know it. 
and uh, that was that kind of gave him a different light about these kind of things. Once he realized that he matched up to be one of these people, and what happens? We become a government that says, you know what, your DNA says you're going to be a serial killer in the future. So we're, we're going to lock you, you up. Jail. Yeah. yeah, we're going to lock you up now. Yeah, why not? Anyway, we're going to be back uh, in about eight minutes, top of the hour. James is going to be giving us the news, and then our guest will be on. So stay tuned to Night Dreams Talk Radio after dark. paranormal story you want to share on night dreams talk radio you could be a guest email us at night dreams talk radio at gmail.com night dreams talk radio network brings you the world paranormal news with james creechbaum now the latest news I'm James Creechbaum with the Paranormal and World Changes News. As Horace returned, two people recorded a winged creature that looked like it was in flames descending from the sky. This was on January 5th. A couple witnessed a bizarre incident in the sky over Mount of Colorado. According to the couple, they were on a terrace sharing their time together when they observed some strange lights coming down from the west. Both of them immediately ran into the house. They get their phones and take pictures of what looks like a winged uh, being on fire. President hopeful Pete Wedding weighs in on UFOs. 
It's very unlikely we're alone in the universe, he says. Also, Bunning takes the safe approach in saying we're not the only life forms around, but he doesn't think we'll see concrete evidence of it on Earth. However, that doesn't mean we should stop watching the skies. Also in the news, there's been... Also in the news, mystery swarms again of these giant drones that keep appearing in the night sky in Colorado. Now, something strange has been happening throughout Colorado for several days. It's in eastern Colorado at night. Now, since the week of Christmas, these giant drones measuring up to six feet across have been spotted in the sky at night, sometimes in swarms as large as 30. And it's been throughout northeastern Colorado and even down into Nebraska. And, it, it, again, investigation keeps going on. Why, what are these, and who's responsible? Also, Google Earth. A user of Google Earth has discovered a gigantic, mysterious, disc-shaped object sticking out of the Antarctica ice. The weird gray structure is Antarctica's latest odd finding. If you zoom in on there's a picture. If you zoom in on the thing, it seems to be a massive semicircle sticking out of the cliff face. And in the video, it's clear that the structure is not natural. Also, a report on UFOs from New York State. According to the reports, 2019 was a big year for UFO sightings across the United States. Now, New York reportedly saw a 52% increase in reports from 2018. So what's with the big increase of this last year? Is it because there's more people out there filming? We don't know, but it's a big increase, 52%. Next news break at the top of the hour. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark with our host, Gary Anderson. Oh, boy, I was caught with tea in my hand, and I had to put it down and quickly run across the other side of the studio. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about, with Rob, about UFOs, that some of them could be very deadly to us. James, what do you think? I've been saying that for a long time. You know, another thing that I've been saying, not just the beings that are in these crafts could be dangerous to us, but the environmental effect that these craft that are, if they're running by a nuclear power or, or element 115, whatever it is, that's got to leave some kind of residue that's got to be harmful to our environment and to our animals and to the vegetation and into our air that we breathe, into the oceans. Yeah, even to us. Well, let's get Rob on the show here. So that's what I'm doing right now. And, uh, well... To an automatic voice oh, well, we system. got his answering machine. That not that strange? That happens all the time. It does. I can feel your anxiety going up when that happens. I know. So we'll give it a, a try again. <sighs> that or people forget. I mean, what happens if we get a guess at that? Eh, let's see. I think we got him on here now. Hey. Four, zero, four, eight, oh, oh, we don't want to give that out. Eight. Okay. <laughs> that, well, the tone. he's not there. Well, Rob, where are you? <laughs> Calling Rob Shelsky. Yes. Where are you? Well. Where did you go? I don't know. Yeah, it's not, it's not Skype. Skype's working anyway. I can hear it ringing, so. Yeah. 
Well, we'll, yeah, give, it, we'll give it another try. We can certainly yeah. do that. Maybe. Let's see. Okay. I just... No, I... Well, we'll give it a try. Hello. We're looking for Rob. This is he. Okay. Well, this is Tim O'Brien with the Internal Revenue Service. I'm calling <laughs> about your tax return, uh, 1943, line 17 on uh, section 8. Oh, and what would you like <laughs> to know about it? Uh, did you do it or did you not do it? I did it. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you did it because I don't even know what I'm talking about. You're listening to uh, Rob here. We're going to be talking about deadly UFOs and his book about deadly UFOs. Why don't you tell the listeners, you've been on here a lot, but let's let's go ahead and tell the new listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, I'm a fringe element. Um, I'm unstable mentally. <laughs> we, aren't we all? <laughs> No, uh, I'm a writer and a researcher. I have been investigating UFOs now since about, oh, I'd say about 2003, 2004. I have done field research. I was a MUFON field investigator. I have traveled abroad investigating UFOs, and I've written quite a few books about them. Well, what made you decide to write a book about deadly UFOs? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, it's a funny thing. You know, when I first got into the whole UFO phenomenon, I just thought of it as being uh, intriguing and interesting, and I'd love to see a UFO, and I'd love to meet an alien and shake hands. But the more I got into it, the more I researched it, the more I began to realize there was a very negative side effect to it. And this was that UFOs are dangerous. And they are dangerous much more often than people realize. They cause injuries. They cause death. They um, damage property. And uh, there's a lot of people disappearing. And how do we account for that if there are space brothers? So that's when I decided to write the book uh, based on those investigations. Well, Rob, don't you think they're here to save mankind and they give off orbs and all this stuff to make you feel good? Oh, sure. I'm glad, uh, glad they're here. I'm sure they're here to serve man. Yeah. <laughs> I just make they sure want to serve us with a nice, um, you know, Bernays sauce. But, uh, no, I, I, I don't think there are space brothers. I really don't. There may be more than one species. They, some may not be so bad. But overall... <sighs> We can't count on that, not when you see what's going on and has been going on, not just for decades, but actually for several centuries. Um, the number of disappeared on this planet is phenomenal. Every single year permanently disappeared. The uh, number of deaths from UFOs are far greater and goes back much farther than people realize. So, uh, no, I don't think there are space brothers at all. I wish they were. I wish I could believe that, but I don't anymore. Well, I tell you what, have you heard of Terry Lovelace? Uh, yes, I have. You know, he's been on the show several times, and we always seem to run out of time before we even get to the end of his story. But, you know, he was a former uh, U.S. Attorney General, you know, uh, 
you know, associate or whatever they are. But, you know, the thing is, what scares me is his story, what happened to him. It certainly doesn't sound like they're friendly at all. It, it, it sounds like they don't care about us. They got some uh, uh, agenda going on what they're doing. And it, it scares it scares me because this poor guy, ever since his abduction, has to go to bed at night with a loaded gun and a flashlight next to his bed. It's, it's scary. Right, and they've done studies on that. And one psychiatrist said that there's an alarming rate of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, among people who have been abducted and claim to have been abducted, and also people who have interacted with UFOs in any way. So if you have PTSD, even if you don't remember the abduction and what happened to you, it's still leaving a very negative effect on people, and it affects them for the rest of their lives. They're frightened and they're scared. Well, you know, once you've been abducted, and, I'm, I'm, you know, again, we can only go by like what Terry has said or Calvin Parker or a whole bunch of people. It, it, it seems like it has really messed their life up, really. because Over a million people claim to have been abducted. And, yes, it has messed their lives up. But it is, uh, and, and as bad as that is, there's, there are worse scenarios. You can die from inter, you know, UFO interactions. You can be abducted permanently. It's bad enough to be abducted and returned. But what about the people who disappear forever? And they disappear as single people. They disappear in groups. They even entire villages have disappeared. And how do we account for this? What's happening to these people? Where are they going? What are they going through? Are they being killed? We don't know. And we don't seem to have any real power over it. And I think we have to conclude that somehow our government does know something about this and either is in collusion with them or is powerless to stop them. Either scenario is really bad for us because if the government's in collusion with them, that means they're nodding their head and looking the other way as this stuff is happening. And if they're not in collusion with them and are powerless, that's even scarier. It means I wouldn't want to send a child to, to the local store, uh, certainly not at night. And, uh, I mean... you. There's no such thing as safety or security at all. No, and the whole thing is, I look at it this way. If the government knows or is working with them for technology or doing what they... I could see the government being involved in the standpoint. If they know they can't do anything to stop it, you know, they're probably thinking, oh, whatever we can get out of it is better than nothing. But it, it scares me if it is actually going on. They're powerless to help us. and I, I don't know if they're powerless or not. That's the big conspiracy question. Are they powerless or aren't they? And I'm of two minds about that. I think there's some collusion going on personally. Like what? Well, for instance, I mean, with a lot of sightings, the government seems to go out of its way to ignore them. When there was the... Um, sighting over the uh, Chicago O'Hare Airport, this huge thing was hovering above the ground there. People in the terminal saw it. Maintenance workers on the plane saw it. Uh, this thing floated there and then instantly shot into the sky and punched a hole through the clouds, leaving a nice circular opening of clear sky. And then when this was brought up to the uh, 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 the uh, American um, Federal Aviation Administration, they said, it, no, they were not going to investigate it because it, it seems to pose no threat to air traffic. It's like it's over an airport. 
in our airspace and it doesn't pose a threat. And this sort of thing goes on again and again. So why is the government in denial about this? And yet recently we found out that there was a program called ATIP where the government spent some $28 million to ascertain if these aerospace, not aeronautical, but aerospace phenomena were a threat to um, aviation and our planes and ships at sea. And they concluded that they weren't. They didn't conclude that they didn't exist. They concluded that they weren't a threat. And the fact that they referred to them as aerospace and not aeronautical or aeronautics shows you that they think that they're more than just in our skies. They're also in the space around us. Yeah, well, you know what? I do feel they're a threat. Because I, and they won't come out in a minute. But again, if, if uh, people are disappearing, and what I have research and i know you have probably researched it way more than me there is a hell of a lot of people disappearing in our country every year let alone canada mexico you know you name all the other countries i'm sure they got people just vanishing with no trace Absolutely. over uh, over a million people in america disappear every year annually or just about a million Out of that number, the FBI says that some 60,000 of them disappear permanently. Now, this is after deducting people who are kidnapped, people who are uh, murdered and buried secretly, uh, people who want to just disappear and start a new life, people who snatch the children from the other spouse and make a run for it. Even after you take all that out, what you're left is with, according to the FBI, 60,000 permanently disappeared, we can't account for, in the United States alone, annually. Australia, they're saying around 28 to 30,000. Same thing. You take this times every country on the earth, and we're talking tens or even over 100,000 people a year disappearing permanently that we can't account for as uh, kidnappings or whatever. And people say, well, I think some of those might have been kidnappings. I said, no, those have already been accounted for and taken out of that total number. Out of a million, we figure only 60,000 per year are actually permanently disappeared somehow that we can't account for in any way under normal circumstances. So where are these people going? Why aren't they coming back? Um, Are they being abducted by UFOs? Uh, uh, David Polides, with his 411 books, seems to think that might be a possibility. So... We have to deal with this somehow. We have to do something to protect ourselves because the government doesn't seem to be. Well, maybe the government can't do anything to protect us. That's the scary thing. I mean, let's face it. You can go to bed tonight and not wake up in the morning because you're gone. It's just that easy. Or you're going to the A&P store to go buy a package of hot dogs and you never make it home. I mean, or you send your children to the local store for a quart of milk and they never come back. This sort of thing happens all the time. And right away we assume that it's either pedophiles have snatched the child or the other spouse has kidnapped them or whatever. And in most cases, that's exactly what it is, just something like that, unfortunately. But in other cases, we can't account for it. There was the case of a boy who went out to get well, uh, water from a well, I'm sorry, and uh, it was snowing. And his parents sent him out, and the well was right near the house. He went out, never came back. They went out to look for him. They saw his footprints in the snow. They just stopped dead. There was no one around, no other tracks of any animals that might have snatched him. And this is just one example, and he never came back. He never showed up again, just gone forever. And this isn't just uh, uh, an isolated occurrence. It happens all the time, far more often than people think. And that's scary. Where are they going? What's happening to these people? 
That is. I mean, you know, like with Terry Lovelace, when he was abducted and on board that UFO, you know, he was saying he was naked. He had his clothes in his hands. He couldn't move his body, but he could move his eyes. But he heard and and saw other people naked holding their clothes. But what really is, is scared him is the screams, not the type of screams of somebody being scared. The screams of women in pain. This, this hearing that and you know the yeah. the torment agony, agony. Yeah. right and the fact that you then made not to remember this afterwards doesn't mean that you didn't experience the trauma and this PTSD that a lot of these people experience is because they did go through tremendous trauma it takes a lot to cause PTSD and again if I torture someone then administer a drug so they'll forget that I tortured them it doesn't mean that I didn't commit the crime of torturing them I mean, what kind of species that's intelligent would do this over and over again to these people? It just doesn't make sense to me. What are they getting out of it? And don't they have any morals? Are they immoral or are they amoral? They're certainly not moral. No, but you would think about if they came here and they were only trying to get DNA, they wouldn't need the the people. And so the, the, many of these people are vanishing. Again, I'm just going to say because, you know, Terry was just recently on the show last week. When he and his friend were released and they got off the UFO, he said there was a lot of people on that UFO. When that UFO took off, they weren't released. Where were they going? No, and that's the point. Where were they going, and will anyone ever see them again? And usually the case seems to be no. And we've had people disappearing for a long period of time. It actually dates back to the ancient Roman uh, Empire and the Greek culture. They, they talked about generals and people just suddenly disappearing forever and not knowing how or why. And not in the middle of a battle, not in the middle of circumstances where the enemy might have captured them, but out of their homes, out of the cities. And, of course, people think they might have been murdered or something like that, but there's absolutely no evidence to support it. And these people were pretty famous. Searches were mounted and could not find them. Not bodies, not anything. So this has gone on for a long period in history. Uh, there was the case of... Um, Lieutenant Munkla in the uh, 50s. They see a UFO on radar over uh, the Great Lakes. He's sent up in a jet along with his um, uh, co-pilot. They uh, see on radar where he intersects with the blip. It becomes one. And then his plane vanishes along with him and the other man forever. No plane wreckage has ever been found. No bodies have been found. Just gone forever. So this is not new. And I don't know what's going on, but whatever's going on, it's not good for us, I can tell you that. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is if they were only here, you know, experimenting, getting DNA, why would they have to keep coming back and abducting people at huge well, that, numbers? That, that's, that's the question. The, I mean, how, how much research do you have to conduct before you've accomplished whatever your task is? Uh, it, it, it just boggles the mind to think that they're still doing that. Uh, there is some plan. There is some agenda on their part. This agenda, whatever it is, involves us somehow, and also animals as well. It involves uh, the deaths of people. It involves the mutilation of animals and mutilations of people. Uh, in some cases, really horrible mutilations. And, uh, and then the bodies are left just discarded like they were garbage. So, again, how do we... How do we focus on that. How do we deal with it? And if our government won't, won't help us, then what do we do? Uh, one woman told me that maybe they're so advanced they see us as ants. And I said, and, and I said, well, then, in that case, 
the ants have to take care of themselves because the aliens certainly aren't. And then she says, well, there must be good races, too, and they have a non-interference policy. And I said, well, that's odd, because if they have a non-interference policy, then why are they allowing the bad aliens to do all this uh, in the way of abductions and murders and damage and injuries, unfettered, completely free? Uh, how is that uh, a non-interference policy if you're letting all the other species of aliens do this? So I really question the whole Space Brother theory, and I used to think of aliens as like Santa Claus. Oh, if we could just get to meet them, get to know them, they could give us technology, zoom us way ahead, you know, give us world peace and solve all our problems. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. Whatever's going on, they don't seem to give a darn about us, frankly, at all. And do you ever think maybe they're changing our DNA over, you know, again, like me and James talk about it quite often. You know, just because our time, you know, a year is a year or a minute is a minute, to some other, you know, species or humanoids from another solar system, their time wouldn't be the same as our time. So they, in case where we live anywhere from 60 to 80 some years old as the average, they could live hundreds or thousands of years, for example. So, you know, our time is very short. I, 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 well, there's evidence to support that theory. I don't know that they live longer, but if they're traveling at relativistic speeds, it would extend their lives enormously compared to us due to Einstein's theory of uh, special and general relativity. We know that time changes and slows for people on board ships the closer they get to the speed of light. If these people have uh, faster than light or, or not, and uh, they're subluminal but very quick, you know, very quick ships close to the speed of light, well, time would slow for them. And we have evidence that might support that. For instance, all the megalithic um, civilization of the old days used um, huge stone creations and structures, including the uh, platform in, uh, at Baalbek in Lebanon, the Temple of the Mount in Jerusalem, the um, uh, uh, various stone structures. If you're going to be gone a long time, you wouldn't build stuff out of flimsy materials because you might not be back for several centuries for Earth people. For you on board the ships, it may only be 10, 20 years round trip. But for us on Earth, several centuries might have passed, and buildings would age and collapse because of it. So you would tend to build to last, and these megalithic structures might be proof of just that sort of thing. Very possible. But the whole point is, why would they have to keep abducting people? I mean, they would have been able to get their DNA. They could have, you know, well, did whatever cloned from the DNA, there's got to be some other reason that they're coming down here and continuing. It's like we're a supermarket. They're coming down here and they're getting their carts filled. Well, that's exactly what I think. And uh, you said supermarket. My word for it would be harvesting. I think they're harvesting. That's what I think. I just didn't want to use that word tonight. Yeah, I know. It's a horrible, horrible concept. But look, this is a real, real problem. We know UFOs exist. Even the government admits they exist. The ATIP program didn't decide that UFOs didn't exist. Quite the opposite. They just said they weren't a threat to uh, aerial navigation. Well, that's really cool. How about for abductions of, of citizens of our country? Um, 
the government has just known too much about this for too long and denied and denied to the point where it's no longer plausible. They, they can come up with disinformation, whatever they want to, but so many millions of people have seen UFOs, so many people have claimed abductions, over a million in this country alone, that the evidence is in, and as far as I'm concerned, it's no longer a question, do UFOs exist? It is a question of uh, more of why are they here and what are they doing? And people think maybe they're hybridizing us and changing our DNA. Well, how long does it take to do that? But, you know, um, we have programs where we're trying to grow organs uh, on pigs, like someone actually grew, researchers grew a human ear on the back of a pig. So and then what do you do? You harvest the ear for an organ transplant. So what are they doing with us? Did they hybridize us, change us, so that we match more closely their um basic biological structure and now they're taking what they need from us whenever they want to they just let us breed wild on the planet and just come by whenever they want to and harvest whatever they need apparently they do it with our animals to some degree too both bovine and equine horses and cattle and various species are treated exactly the same way and their bodies are discarded in exactly the same way the case of the man in brazil his body was found in sao paulo the evidence showed that he died under great physical trauma and fear. His brain, when they um, did the autopsy, showed that he died of a tremendous trauma. And they also concluded that the torture he went through was done without the aid of any kind of anesthetic. Now, here they removed his testicles, they cored out his rectum, they removed his eyes, they removed part of his jawbone, they sucked out internal organs through tiny holes under his armpits and near his navel. Um, and apparently he was paralyzed, but he still felt the pain, and that's what he died of. He literally died of terror. And this isn't the only case of this. So what exactly is going on? There's another case in England where a man was found on top of a coal heap. No coal dust on him. It was as if he had been dropped from the air, according to the police. He had a rictus of fear and horror on his face. They found um, this green ointment on his body, and it looked like something he would use with, like, uh, defibrillation or some type of electrical hookups to him. Uh, and apparently he was just, and his clothes were on him right. They were buttoned on him wrong, and it looked as if he was dropped from a height. They discarded the body as if it was a piece of trash. We're not being treated any better than cattle or sheep or horses. And that is, Rob, the scariest part. And a lot of people are in denial about this. Yeah, especially when you, you, you look at the cattle mutilation, there was a famous pathologist, you know, the organ uh, in Oregon here back about two months ago, the, the bull and some of the cattle mutilation was going there. He came to the conclusion these bulls and cattle were standing when their eyes were removed. That's the first part, you know, because the, the, the liquid between the eyes and the brain would have ran off the side of the, you know, bull or whatever off its face. Right. It didn't. It ran off its nostril, which tells exactly. you it was So standing. they're doing these animals standing up, which means they probably are alive while they're doing this to them without the aid of any kind of anesthetic. I mean, we're, we're a lot more humane than, than they are in that respect. Um, also, blood is a question. What's happening to the blood? It's being siphoned out of them. Uh, that man in San Paulo that was found by the edge of the reservoir there, um, According to the coroner's reports, the blood was siphoned out of him, too, and the holes in his body looked at this so they'd been cauterized, like through laser surgery. Same exact modus operandi as 
we find with cattle mutilations and other animal mutilations and the blood sucked out of them apparently no anesthetic is applied the person or animal is paralyzed and they are tortured alive now this is not any different from the abductions where people are returned they are submitted to these experiments they are not given any any kind of anesthetic at all hence the screams and uh the agony and then they're made to forget afterwards well i don't think it's was as an act of kindness it's to allow their experiments or whatever it is to keep on the harvesting to keep on going on without people being aware okay. it's happened to them okay rob so, rob we gotta take a break we'll be back in three minutes so you know go get a cup of java get a nice easy chair get the fire going and we're going to be talking to rob about deadly ufos so stay tuned Arches over the Puget Sound There an Isis hair Treats a horizon would like to hear night dreams talk radio on your local radio station let them know tell them to check out www.nightdreamstalkradio.com and thank you coming to you from some far point station like a cosmic tumbleweed both north and south of the pleiades here's your host gary anderson just waiting for that thunder to pass by the compound. I'll tell you, winter time. You know, it really makes me wonder what is going on. You would think if we are being visited and they're snatching us and taking us to who knows where, why? 
Because wouldn't our DNA be enough where they could just create whatever they're creating? Or is there some other thing they want us for? Are they harvesting our body for body parts? Like, you know, in, in China, if you go to prison and you're sentenced to death, which a lot of them do get sentenced, you don't have to worry about lethal injection or hanging. You don't even have to worry about a firing squad because that would damage your organs. They just put you up against a wall or strap you in the chair and put a gun and shoot you in the head. That way they have all your, you know, and right when they do that, they got their medical team there to harvest all your organs and then they sell it worldwide. Are, is that what could be going on with us too? When they're taking these people, are they regenerating themselves maybe with our, you know, organs? Or are they looking at it as a delicacy like they do in Japan and some other countries where, you know, they like certain glands from certain animals. They pay a fortune for it. It's scary, Rob. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, these are the questions we have to try to find answers for. And to do that, we have to be able to research it, accumulate evidence. We have to really look for facts to try to figure this out. For instance, we, we are moving along. People say, well, we've made no progress. Yes, we have. We know UFOs are real. We know they exist. Uh, we don't know where they come from. Do they come from another star system, another dimension from the future? We don't know. Do they interact with us? Yes, they do. Sometimes in a benign way, but more often than not, not so benign a way. People suffer radiation sickness from being near the ships. They come near... Um, Habited, inhabited areas, and if, and if they are giving off this radiation, ionized radiation is what they refer to, uh, then they must know that it has a harmful effect on people. They don't seem to care. They've been sighted near our military bases. They have interfered with our military bases. This is an ongoing thing, and so we know they exist. We know that they're interfering with us. We know that people are dying. We know that people are being abducted. We know that people have disappeared permanently. We know that there's been property damage, and we know that people have been injured. Okay, we got all that now. So what do we do next? Well, now we have to try to find out where they're from and why they're here. And all we can do is do that as if it was... Uh, that of a detective work, scientific evidence. We have to try to ascertain where they are coming from, how they are getting here, and once they get here, why are they here? And we can only do that from the available evidence. Now we're finding bodies that have been mutilated and tossed back on Earth as if they've harvested what they need from them. Other people disappear permanently, lots of them. Where are they going? Are they being transported back to the planet? Are they the specialty on tomorrow's menu? Or are they uh, enforced labor, slave labor? The um, ancient aliens theory says that the Anunnaki, according to the cuneiform uh, writings and texts, said that they were the gods from space, the watchers, whatever you want to call them, and that they created us to do their labor work. We were basically... like their oxen or, uh, or horses to do the hard work they didn't want to do or couldn't do here on Earth. They may not be well suited to our atmosphere, our environment, and therefore they want to stay inside their temples or palaces, which we now call churches and temples, and be served by human beings, but also the mining operations were done by us. You know, the um, people of ancient, uh, uh, ancient times especially back pre-Babylonian period, the Sumerian culture, they believed the afterlife was horrible. They believed it was a place that was gray and that you're a pallid ghost and that you shifted around and all you had to eat was clay and rock and dust. 
This is because their lives are so horrible, and they figured that the gods were doing this to them, that when they died, the afterlife would be just as horrible. So now, if this is so, if these people believe this and this was being done to them, then we have to assume that maybe we are slave labor. Maybe that's what's happening with us. Well, it's a good possibility, because, you know, I've mentioned, you know, the Incas, the Mayas, and all that stuff. Why would they have collected gold, you know, and hoarded gold? The only reason why I think they they did it, because somebody showed them that gold, these cultures, that gold was very precious. So, you know, maybe they were mining gold for these, you know, aliens or whatever, these entities. And they realized, well, if we're dying, getting this gold for them, that it has to be precious. So they, that's why I think they, they hoarded it. I, I, I think gold, silver, I think that's what uh, uh, the aliens came down here originally for, to, you know, uh, harvest from our planet. I, again, when I think about that, I think about gods, God in general. I mean, is there such thing as a real God or is it a, a God which we associate as God could have been an alien or an alien race? Uh, the Great Pyramids, the Pyramids, the Finks, all this stuff. We did. I don't care who. I mean, I've had guests on the show that came and and said all kinds of things, how the pyramids were made. None of it makes any logical sense. We didn't have the capability, the technology to to build them. We just simply didn't. No, we didn't. And not only that, but we have no idea what the pyramids were for. They, they refer to the um, king's chamber, the queen's chamber inside the pyramids. They say that there's tombs. Well, the only evidence we have that they might have been tombs is one oversized sarcophagus in one pyramid, which was empty. Now, the odd thing about all these so-called tombs is that unlike every other Egyptian tomb in history, there's no hieroglyphics. There's nothing. All the other uh, tombs have uh, funerary rites painted on the walls. The uh, Book of the Dead passages to send the Pharaoh to the next life safely. The pyramids have no such paintings on the wall, no hieroglyphics, nothing to show that they were tombs in that sense. And that sarcophagus is just an oversized box, which actually shows that on one end of it, it has undergone some kind of a terrific heat source, that something has, has uh, a I, want to, I shouldn't say attacked, but um, altered its substance somehow in a way that it wasn't supposed to have, as if it was in the presence of a great blast of heat. There's also a section of the wall of that chamber that shows the same thing, and it looks as if it had been repaired. Now, whatever pyramids were, I don't really think they were tombs. I think later Egyptian pharaohs might have then tried to replicate them, uh, and then used them for tombs, just as you're talking about how we had to mine gold for the gods, so-called gods, and then afterwards we were stuck mining it for ourselves because we thought it was precious, I'm not sure why, but if it was precious for the gods and now we're free, we can do it too. There is another thing. It isn't just the Sumerian culture that talks about this. The Vedic texts of India refer to a time when the gods ruled the earth and space, that there was a great war, over 400 different demon races were involved. There were battles in space and on Earth and on the moon. And besides that, they also speak of a great rebellion at the time this took place of humans on Earth, that we took the opportunity when they're they were diverted, their attention was elsewhere, to rebel. Now, the Sumerian texts talk about a rebellion, too. 
Now, two distinctly different cultures in distinctly different areas of the world at different times still talk about the exact same sort of thing. Why would we rebel if the gods were kind to us and gentle and peaceful and loving and beneficial to us? And the answer is quite simple. They probably weren't. I don't think they were. I think they just used us. I, I, all we were is workers. Right. And then once we freed ourselves and they were forced to somehow leave whatever the battle was going on, perhaps we were a fringe uh, element on a border between two competing interstellar empires or species, who knows, and they either withdrew or maybe they withdrew and came back. But whatever happened, the tide of battle turned, and all of a sudden we thought we were free of them. But since then, there's been this ongoing abduction thing, the ongoing sightings throughout history of UFOs. And I can't believe it's just to alter our DNA. It may have been originally, and it, it may still be ongoing to some degree, but surely whatever alterations were necessary must have been made over the millennia by now. So whatever they wanted, they've accomplished probably. So therefore, unless you're trying to change this into them, and they must be very bad at it, we're probably better at DNA than they are if that's the case because it's taking them millennia, uh, then uh, what's the other reason? Well, the other reason must be that they wanted to change us in some way to make us more compatible to what they needed for whatever purposes they wanted us for. Do you ever kind of wonder maybe the guy walking down the street or your next-door neighbor could actually even be human? That is a question. I mean, my own bro brother has experienced missing time uh, and, and you don't know, you really don't know that. Uh, it, it's just, uh, the, and see, this is a problem. Because we don't know, conspiracy theories abound. But, you know, there's an old saying, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. And even though we have hundreds of conspiracy theories, and most of them are probably way off base and wrong and just crazy, there could very well be a true conspiracy theory somewhere in there that is valid. And I think that the aliens do exist. I think our government knows about it. I think they've been in some sort of collusion with them. And the reason they might be in collusion is to get technology, but also it's probably because they're powerless to stop them. So it's better to go along with them than it is to fight something you can't win and hope that in the process you get enough technology where maybe someday you can fight them. And in the meantime, you keep a lid on it. You try to keep the population docile. Got to keep those cattle happy. And uh, you hope for the best. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is one day something's going to happen where the government can't keep it quiet anymore. And that when that happens, people are going to sit back and then realize how they've been manipulated by, well, maybe aliens and our own government. That is right. the, the scary part. I know technology-wise, and I mentioned this a couple of times on the show, and it just recently, as much as last week, my dad was an electronic engineer. He helped develop... Uh, some electronics when the Boeing was working on the SST, which never got built. But my dad has been in electronics all his adult life. He was an electronic engineer, and he came, we were young. I, I got my amateur license at 12 years old, so I kind of got into electronics because of my dad. But I remember talking to my dad, Rob, several times. I go, isn't it strange that our technology over a 100-year span has advanced so far and fast compared to any hundred year span all through history. And my dad said, you know, the same thing. He goes, even in electronics, he, he himself 
he he was puzzled because you know from the early 1900s all the way up to the well about 1958 or so everything was tubes your tv was massive tubes in it your radios were all tube your everything was tube okay all of a sudden somebody invents the transistor which replaced the tube that wasn't the big uh, thing the big thing was when the integrated circuit started coming out which it replaced massive amount of tubes massive amount of electronics on a well at that time it was still kind of a big uh, circuit board but it was all you know no tubes no transistors all where the transistors were built like the size of a pinhead but my dad said like this numerous times he said technology could have not he felt could have not advanced as fast as it did both electronic mechanically everything without help it just doesn't compute how can you go from like the late 50s to the 60s and then you know have major changes major where we're going to the moon we're going circulating around the earth we develop computers you know things it just doesn't make sense unless we had a lot of help well there's two theories behind that. There's one theory that we reached a kickoff point in our technology, and it's evolving naturally. And uh, if you took the sum total of human knowledge up to 1957, it took all of recorded history to, to reach that level of sum total of human knowledge. Then within 15 years, we doubled it. And since then, it has been doubling at half that time and then half that time. And it's continuing to the point where um, Kurzweil is talking about a technological singularity occurring sometime in the very near future, maybe less than a decade, because we're advancing so quickly. Now, that's one theory. The other theory is that someone's been interfering. And if the U.S. has been the one that's been most beneficial with regard to technology from aliens, that would kind of jibe with the idea that... um, we are the ones that the aliens are dealing with because you were talking about the uh, tubes. Well, uh, Bell Laboratories invented the transistor. Oddly enough, we think of the Japanese because of transistor radios through the 60s and 70s, but right. no, it was Bell Labs in America. And then we also invented the microchip. And that's when it really began to take off. And it seems odd that those items of technology came from American labs. And they exploded us technologically and economically as a result. Yes, other countries were real quick to pick up on it, but the technology came from here. Why? Why the United States? Why not Russia? Why not England? Why not France? Why not Canada? But it didn't. It came from here. Makes you wonder. It it really does. You know, Mary Joyce out in North Carolina, uh, I think it's called cashiers, uh, whatever, dot com. She runs a UFO Bigfoot reporting center. She's been on the show several times. And she claims that she had a government uh, official, was high up in the government, had every bit of the top secret uh, clearance you could have, the highest level, told her that we are getting our a lot of our technology from aliens. Oh, I, I think we are. And by the way, I think Bigfoot really exists. I have it in the QT from a friend who I absolutely trust that they are real. And, they are. They are. Yes, that the Bigfoot is real. His family has interacted with them since the late 1700s. 
Um, he is mounting an expedition into the Arctic area, spending several million dollars and hiring several researchers to do it uh, because he is so convinced that they are real. And his family, he claims, has even fed them. Can't tell you who he is, but he's pretty darn um, powerful guy, uh, and he certainly knows his stuff, and I'm absolutely convinced he's telling me the truth. And uh, I won't say where he lives or what he does, but um, he's impressive, very impressive, and he thinks they're real. No, there, now, there's no doubt. Is it they, aliens? I'm not sure. They, I, I can honestly tell you, they are real. And the reason why I say that, uh, it tells me you don't listen to our show, is... Back in the early 2000s, me and my friend, he was a medical doctor. He just got done doing his internship. And he was opening a practice in Puyallup, Washington. At that time, his father was a Superior Court judge in Pierce County. His brother was a high-profile criminal attorney in Pierce County. Okay, so I'm given a lot of information there. We decide we're going to go up to the Canadian Rockies and take pictures of ghost towns. And old cemeteries because we were, you know, I took a 10 year break from radio and managed a, a chain of professional camera stores. And that's how I met my friend. We, we went into an old Japanese internment camp. What was left of it up in the Canadian Rockies. We had a drive down, you know, up to no middle of nowhere. And then we had to take what was left of a side road. And we went in and we had a hike in about two miles. I can honestly tell you, Bigfoot are real. Simple as that. I'm willing to take a polygraph test. I'm willing to sodium pentothal, whatever. I know what I seen. I know what my friends seen. And I, I can tell you, you know, Bigfoot are real. You don't find them if you're out looking for them. We weren't looking for one. I, that, that's all I'm going to say. And, 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 and I absolutely believe you. And I believe my friend as well, because I don't think he's lying. I really don't. I don't even need to su- subject him to a polygraph test. You may be, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm getting for it. Uh, and no, I, I think they're real. Uh, how they uh, relate to the um, aliens, I don't know. You know, there was an X-Files show on the Brown Mountain Lights here in North Carolina, and it involved Bigfoot and aliens. It was, of course, just science fiction and a speculation about it all. But I thought it interesting that they combined the two and put them together. And... Uh, so who are these Bigfoot? What are they? Are they a race of humans that were uh, developed by the aliens and have been kept and are in hiding? I mean, we have reports of the Yeti, the abominable snowman, and the Himalayas. We have reports of Sasquatch in the Pacific Northwest. We have Bigfoot in other areas. It goes by all sorts of different names, but it seems this creature is worldwide, but always seems to be very, very hidden. Well, you know what? You know, I, I can say this. We were out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there was no, that's why they built the World War II, the internment camp out where they did in the Canadian Rockies, is because it was in the middle of nowhere. So if somebody got out, where are they going to go? I was not aware there were Japanese internment camps in the Canadian Rockies. Oh, yeah, there Uh, was. For prisoners of war? Prisoners of war during World War II, and that's why they put it up in the Canadian Rockies, out in the middle of nowhere. That would do it. Yeah, and I tell you what. They're not friendly. They don't give off orbs, at least what, what me and my friend ran into. And mm-hmm. I, I, t- I tell you, I have never gone into the forest after that. And now I grew up with a family, my dad, my mom, my brother. We went camping all through, you know, being a, 
a juvenile to adult. When I had my eight kids, we used to go camping all the time. After, Me too. And when I had that encounter, I have not gone into the woods. You couldn't get me into the woods because it scared me. Now, I served in the military. I've been through numerous firefights in my life when I was young. I tell you, I was so scared, I peed myself when I was running. That's how scared I was. And it wasn't a friendly orb situation. And it and it's not like what most people say Bigfoot is like. They, you know, they, they, they're not what people think they are. They're... They're not a friendly creature. Uh, my family has married into two different Indian tribes up here in the Northwest. And I got to know uh, back a few years ago, the Indian, um, the uh, uh, medicine woman, because they don't have a medicine man. They had the medicine woman. And she told me stories going back around the 1860s, 1870s and, and beyond of Bigfoot and what they did. And they have never been friendly towards humans. Now, you might run across some that could possibly be because they may be adapted. But I think you're not going to find them if you're out looking for them making noises like some of these TV shows did. That's not going right. to happen. Uh, we I was ran thinking that when you were talking about this. We ran into what we ran into only purely by accident. Out in the middle of nowhere. And I tell you what, I my friend says, hey, look, because we were it, what was left of this internment camp. There was not much left. There was some machinery left. They built it on the side of a mountain up in that area. There was a lot of silver mines and there was a silver mine there in that um, prison camp. And there's a cricket went in between and there was some old machinery. And my friend first said, you know, hey, look at that huge bear. And, you know, he had his wide angle taking pictures. I had a telephoto and I picked up my camera, Rob, and I looked at that bear. And at about the same time I looked at the bear, it saw me. Maybe from the reflection of the lens, I have no idea. But it screamed and it echoed because it was down, you know, by the base of that mountain uh, down there. And I, then it decided to come after us. And I tell you what, that's the scariest thing I've ever ever been involved in in my entire life well why were you so scared of, of of the bigfoot thing what did they do to scare you well the way it screamed and then it it charged us now it had to go across the creek now i will say this when it started coming we took off running because the scream alone was scary okay now we're running. We had to run about two miles back to the car. Now, a couple times I did turn around in, in, to see if it was still behind us, which it was. Now, this is where some people agree with me. Some people just say, oh, that's bull. You know what? I noticed it was running between two legs and four legs or, you know, all fours back and forth. That it was capable of um, uh, being a quadruped as well as a biped. Uh, yeah. And I think that's how it got its speed. Now, when we got back to the car, my friend wasn't quite at the car. I got to the car. I opened up the door. I'm getting in the car. I'm putting the key in. And I'm starting it, and I'm dropping it in gear. And about the time I'm dropping it in gear, my friend grabs the car door, opens it. I'm dragging him, which I could have killed him. Now, I will say this. that Just before that, it or its mate was like 25 feet away from us in the tree line, bending a tree like a four inch, five inch tree over like nothing. And it screamed. I can still 
smell, and taste the odor. It was that strong. It was so pungent, it burnt my throat. Now, this is the early part of June, and it was still snow up there off the side of the roads and areas. It was cold, but the, the smell was so pungent, it actually burnt my throat, if, if you could just imagine it. Now, you can believe can you, this or not. The odor. Yeah, the odor was that strong. Now, I mean, can you describe the odor? How would you describe it? Was it like burning rubber? It, what, it was like, it, it was like uh, a musty urine, uh, just, just a disgusting smell that it, it actually was, like I said, so strong that when you breathed, it burnt your lungs. That's how bad it was. Now, this is an honest for God truth. It picked up a rock, threw a rock, and it was a good size rock. It hit the car, put a big dent uh, in the fender by the door, and part of the door was creased in from that rock. Now, the bad part is my wife just bought that car two weeks before we went on the trip. She was nice enough because she thought my Jeep you know, which was only a couple of years old, but it had a hundred and some thousand miles. She says, hey, take the new car. I come back, and the first thing she goes, what happened to my car? I tell her the truth. So that's why, you know, until I got on the show and I started talking to some other people about Bigfoot, it, it really upsets me because I know when somebody's lying, okay, or doesn't know what they're talking about. So I, I then voice my own opinion. If they, that Bigfoot was so friendly, why would it throw a rock into the into the car? Okay, it was aggressive. I I really strongly feel, Rob, if we didn't take off running, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Because whatever we did, we invaded its territory. It didn't want us there. For some reason. Um, there are areas called vile vortices uh, on the Earth. There's supposedly 12 of them. And these are areas that don't seem to want people in them. And it's everything from the Bermuda Triangle uh, to the Devils or Dragons Triangle in Southeast Asia. Uh, There's quite a few of them, actually. And um, there's also one in uh, uh, North Africa, around uh, near Algeria. And um, there's the Mexico Zone of Silence, uh, which is very strange indeed. So um, let me ask you a question. Well, guess what? We're going to have to hold... Because we're going on break with the radio stations, and then James is going to come back. So we got about eight minutes to kill. So if you want to get a cup of Java, whatever you have to do, we'll be back talking to Rob, and we'll talk a little bit more about Bigfoot. Then we're going to talk more about aliens and deadly UFOs here on Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark. Ancient cave dwellers, your spacecraft on a pulse. It's a recurring theme. I've seen the same thing while walking late at night. And I know it's not hate.
Talk Radio After Dark wants to give a big shout out to all the truckers that listen to our show. Night Dreams Talk Radio Network brings you the world paranormal news with James Creechbaum. Now, the latest news. I'm James Creasebaum with the Paranormal and World Changes News. Well, cracking ice sheet swallows dozens of vehicles in Russia. On Sunday around 3 o'clock, unusually warm temperatures contributed to the melting ice, and around 45 vehicles fell through the waters near Vladivostok, Russia, after the ice sheet gave way. Also, William Shatner. William Shatner has said that he plans on a private space tour to contact private space tourism companies. And while he doesn't identify them, it's hard to imagine any of them turning him down because of the publicity. And he wants to be the oldest man in space. Whether it's one of these uh, tourism companies, Shatner says he'll be making a big announcement soon and potentially making a trip in 2020. Also, physicists have proved the existence that the soul after death of the that there's a soul after death of the body. American and British scientists have studied human consciousness at the quantum level. Experiments have shown that the soul actually exists. The world's first gin trapper service is available. Do you know who to call when there's one of these supernatural and usually evil gins around? Well, if you live in Malaysia, there's a certain company you can call, and they will come and trap, and have an expert come and trap these gin and remove them for you. True story. Uh, cell phone radiation education. The latest breaking news from the FCC is that they are investigating Apple and Samsung for violating radio frequency radiation limits, emitting by their cell phones. More to come on that. New evidence suggests that there are still active volcanoes on Venus. Now, they could have erupted very recently, 
And if this is correct, this would be a significant discovery as the only other known place in the solar system besides Earth that contains active volcanoes that spew lava. Uh, also, there was a UFO in... Let's see, where was that at? There was a UFO also in St. Augustine, Florida recently, and it was spotted by several people. There's more to come on that also. Scientists have discovered a mysterious power which explains all anomalies. They call it the dark energy, and they saying that in the near future, they will come out with much more research on that to prove that dark matter exists. Next news break tomorrow night. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark with our host, Gary Anderson. Wow, the time is just flying by here. That happens when you have a great guest. And Rob happens to be a great guest. His knowledge in UFOs and all these other things is just outstanding. Well, you got to check out his books because I'll tell you what, Deadly UFOs. You need to check that out. It's available on Amazon along with a lot of his other books. Now, you had a, a question for me before we had to go on break. Um, yes, I was just wondering. I mean, we're, what I'm trying to do is learn more about the whole process. And so I do research. Uh, again, I was the MUFON field investigator. But I also talk to people who have been in this situation a long time who have studied a lot of research, as you have done, and who have uh, discussed and talked about it with many people. And I'd like your opinion. Where do you think aliens come from? I don't think they come from our planet. I don't think they come from another dimension. I don't think they come from a, par- a parallel universe. I, people are so naive, and I hear it so much. You know, I've been doing radio since 1976, minus a 10-year break. Uh, when I moved on to doing something else, and then I came back to it, and then I was retired, and here I am again talking about it. Uh, people are naive. They they think that our little planet is the only planet that has life that can support humanoids. I don't think so. You know, I think there's solar systems out there far beyond our intelligence to even comprehend. And I really think what we're being visited, not by one or two or three, but I think we're being visited. I also think there's a motive behind it. They're not here to give us orbs. They're not here with 25 million cloak UFOs going around Earth protecting us because I don't see anything they have ever done to protect us. They haven't. They certainly haven't slowed down global warming. They haven't stopped the uh, ice caps from melting on the North, South Pole, Antarctica, Greenland. I mean, our world, we had wars like you wouldn't believe. They could have came in and stopped it. I don't believe what these people say. Well, gee, remember Star Trek? They had this little policy that they could watch but not interfere. I, I disagree because if they were here to help mankind, why would they be going up to some people? People that maybe are not educated, people that are not in government, people that actually have no control to share the information out realistically and tell them that, hey, we're here to protect mankind. This is what's happening to your planet. I don't buy a lot of that stuff. I just don't. I think there's a lot of people that maybe are on medication. 
actually, I find your answer very incisive. Could they be transdimensional? Yes. Could they be from the future? Yes. But my gut feeling is that they're from elsewhere. Enough astronauts have said it publicly. There's enough evidence to support it. And we have to understand that if you evolve on another planet, you might be similar to us, but you're not the same. Your oxygen level may be more or less. When they came to Earth, they might have found that our oxygen level was too low and that it was like living on the top of Mount Everest, and that's why they stayed in their temples or palaces and were waited on by humans and created us to um, do their work for them and you know, be their servants. I mean, there's no doubt that the priesthoods of all the civilizations existed to serve the gods. Maybe the temples at one time actually had occupants, the so-called gods. Now they don't. They stand empty, and we call them churches and temples, but they're empty palaces. And by the way, they are palaces. You look at a cathedral or a mosque or uh, any of these different religions and their temples, and you can't help but see them as palaces. They're huge, they're wonderful, and they're marvelous. Exactly what someone who had a lot of power and control would want. And I think the priesthood originally did serve them, literally, uh, hand and foot, fed them, bathed them, whatever. And now we've sort of... Um, standardized it, and we think of the priesthood as serving God in general, whereas it used to be the gods specifically. But I agree with you. I think they probably are from somewhere else. I think they have used us. I think they have abused us to no end. And I think they have an agenda, and I don't think they give a damn, quite frankly, about what happens to us. I don't think so. I Again, you know, I mentioned this on the show a lot. You remember the uh, the old Soviet Union? They would take babies and 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 basically years would go by they created these american towns you know uh, in russia far away from anywhere and they took these babies and young kids and trained them basically to be americans so they they were being brainwashed they they were learning about america every asset and facet of how we live and they were brainwashed. And then they were sent over to in this country with suitcase bombs or whatever they were instructed to do. But thank God we never got in a war with the uh, Soviet Union. So they never were called on to do their job. But I got a funny feeling now. Sleepers. And, and, and that's one of my theories about aliens with the abductions um, where they returned. We know that there's some kind of implants in a lot of them. There's absolute evidence for that. Now, I'm absolutely convinced there are implants because my brother had one, and I don't think my brother's a liar, quite frankly, and he's not the only one. I mean, that uh, several doctors have uh, removed implants. There's no doubt that there are implants in people. What if they've created this huge sleeper cell group of people in our civilization so that if the um, proverbial, you know, whatever hit the fan, they could uh, activate them? And if that's the case, if over a million people in America alone have claimed to have been abducted, they have a huge sleeper cell standing army that could be activated at, what, the press of a button? That's the scary part. And maybe a lot of them might pass on from age because they're just waiting. Maybe for some reason, just for the right time, to do whatever they want to do. Maybe they want to take over our world. Maybe our world has to be more, how can I say it, water associated before they can even maybe they have to live underwater maybe they have to live in the i don't know but there's some reason behind this i just can't believe they're they're coming here 
abducting people, putting their fingers down their throat and trying to come out their ear. Yeah, I, I, Rob, I don't believe that. I can't believe they would continue to mutilate cattle or humans. They would, if they were just experimenting, they would have had their whatever fill a long time ago. Now, no, there's some agenda going on, and it isn't about just uh, doing research and experimenting. I, I don't buy that for one minute anymore. That might have been true several centuries ago, but it's not true now. You don't keep on doing this for centuries unless you're actually trying to get to some end, end point. And I think they have an agenda. Now, it's important for us to find out what that agenda is because, of course, it affects our future. I mean, would you send your child to the local store at night for a loaf of bread? I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't even want to go on a long road trip anymore because I, I, when you really think about it, again, like Calvin Parker, uh, Timothy Cohn that had an implant, and he's in denial. I mean, I love the guy. We became friends. You know, he had his implant removed by the late Dr. Roger Lear. But after his implant was removed, he and his wife saw another UFO close up. Now, why would he see another UFO close up? He's never went back to see if he had another implant. You know, he had the implant removed and maybe... And, and, and I don't buy it because, first of all, people do suffer from PTSD. And there's another symptom, too. Um, I was talking about Dr. Lear on the... Um, a show I did for the Travel Channel out in L.A. in September. And um, we, we were talking about Dr. Lear, and I believe it was patient number 17. I hope I have that right. But um, they, uh, there is such a thing as the Stockholm Syndrome. And when you're uh, abducted, kidnapped, and you're kept with your kidnappers, they pressure you and you're under such a hothouse, pressure cooker environment of constant fear and dread that it doesn't take long before you begin to associate with your oppressors. So you have a lot of people who initially report a UFO experiment and, or, or an abduction and say it was terrible, it was horrible. And then later on, they begin to change their story. The, the, the actual events in the story don't change, but they change their uh, interpretation of it. They try to make it okay. This is the Stockholm Syndrome, and I think that's what you're talking about here. I think that's exactly what it is, and they're in denial, and it, you can tell. And you know, another thing, it's really strange. Every time we've had Timothy Cullen on the show, you know, it, we, it, when we start talking about his implant, the phone line goes crazy. Am I right, James? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Phone lines go crazy every time we get to a certain uh, part in a sentence where he's talking about things like a certain buzzword, and it breaks up. Now, we've had him on the last three times, and we've run a uh, running experiment with three or four different phone lines, landlines, cell phones, and every time it's the same thing. And I don't know if it's his implant or who, what powers it be that are interfering with him talking to us, but it's every time. In fact, the last time he was on the show last week, he just got two new, he got a military grade cell phone. So that was brand new. And then he also had a new uh, phone uh, installed on his landline. And it worked perfect till we started talking about his implant. And then it went this crazy. 
That happened to me on my last radio show. I um, both the landline and the cell phone suffered major problems out of the clear blue. I have no idea why. They we didn't know which end the problem was on. It was a series of callbacks. It was um, rather frustrating, actually. And I thought <laughs> that might be the end of the show, but uh, as luck would have it, we finally managed to figure it out. Well, actually, no, we didn't. We didn't figure it out. It just started working okay, but something major happened, and it's happened to me before on these shows. Uh, it was a show out of Canada that I did where um, they pre-recorded it, and it was an hour and a half long interview, and they lost the recording on their computer in the studio, they lost their backup on the laptop, they lost three different versions of it, and they have no idea how that could be possible, but we had to uh, record the show all over again. And uh, so this sort of stuff does seem to happen more often than not with a lot of my radio shows. So if I suddenly cut out, you know, then... Um, you probably know it's happening to me. And by the way, just to let everyone know, because I think it's kind of important, a lot of researchers die in researching this. A lot of journalists die. There strange? have been cluster deaths. So if anything happens to me in the near future and they say it's suicide, don't believe them. I have no intention whatsoever of committing suicide. So if I do suddenly exit this planet, it's not because I committed suicide, okay, no matter what they tell you. <laughs> Well, you know, my wife was even putting her concerns out here a couple of weeks ago. She goes, you know, some of the subjects you talk about, some of the people you had on, she goes, aren't you scared for the family or you that something could happen? And it should I, be. I, you know what? I never gave it any thought. But then I started thinking about it because, you know, some strange things have happened and, and, and un, weird things like my computers would all I run. Believe it or not, I, I got a couple, like four servers, okay, which feed out to the radio stations and the internet. Then I run the show on seven computers, all separate of each other. Now, isn't it strange that there's been times, and James knows about it, that this happened, all of a sudden, the computers will all start doing weird things. It, it, yeah, they, are they, they'll do weird Are they interconnected things, yeah. or are they separate standalone? They, they are standalone and they only uh, connect through a mixer. So they're not connected to each other. So whatever's happening to them is a little too coincidental. Now, it's, and it's only when we have certain guests on certain subjects uh, that yep. weird things will start happening. Now, like Timothy Cullen, when he was on, when we weren't talking about his implant, perfect. After we stopped talking about his implant, when I was trying to get information about it, it, it then it, the, the noise would start in. And then I could, I could honestly hate to say it, and if I know Tim listens, he kind of clammed up. He didn't want to talk much more about it. And it, it kind of like it was hard to do the show because this time it was he didn't want to talk about it hardly at all compared to the other times he's been on. And I think what happens is that it, it makes a person get nervous because you, you think about you got a new cell phone. Okay. Not a cheap one, a military grade one. And you get a new phone line. Why would it be doing it again? Well, it does make you wonder. Oh, wonder I'm sorry. Uh, and the reason is the same thing happened to me and it happened a number of times and it happened with not only my landline, but also my cell phone at the same time. We were having a heck of a time on a couple of different shows now, I don't know if that really is the government interfering or whoever, or if it's just really bad luck, but um, I kind of suspect that maybe it's because some of the subjects are kind of off limits and they want to disrupt the flow. 
distract people? I think you're right, because I had a person I got to know for a while, and then I kind of, I distanced myself from him. He was like 13 or 14 years with a DOD. And he told me, he warned me one time, he said, you know, some of the people you are talking to are on a list. So as soon as you bring them on your show and call their phone number, now you're on a list. So you're being monitored along with what they're being monitored. And if they just don't really monitor, monitor you. But if you say certain key words, boom, the computer kicks it in and it goes to a guy's console in one of these huge buildings where they, they do all this stuff. Well, again, it, it's, it's kind of hard to figure out what's going on because there's so much going on and it's, it's hard to um, categorize it and differentiate it. Um, I have a question for James as well. I'd like to know, James, what do you think of UFOs and aliens? Do you think they exist? Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, I, I seen one in July, a cigar-shaped one. It blew me. I was in such awe, I couldn't even film it, but I did snap off some pictures. But I have a theory because we, you know, we often ask why they keep coming here for millennia and doing all these things. But I had a theory that that I came up with last week, and it's, you know, maybe we're like a school and they bring their students here over the years to keep practicing with us to doing things because. And maybe maybe they use this as food too because these are the only things that fit these these checks and these blocks. But again, we're thinking on our level, so you know who's to say what it really is. But you know they're not coming here to keep experimenting or doing things. They're so advanced they would have done this already. So what would make sense on our little mind thinking would be if we were just you know experiment for their students to keep coming here experimenting on us and practice, and if they mess up and they mutilate us, well, they just drop us down on a coal pile. So um, if they're practicing on us, what are they practicing for? Have Have you gone that far? Well, I think they're practicing a lot of medical things. They bring their students here, maybe practice on it. You know, remember when we were in school, we dissected the frogs, but we also eat frog legs as well. So maybe it's a whole preferable of things that they're doing here. I don't know. I just know that, like Gary says, that they would have done found out what they're doing already if they're messing with DNA and trying to do all that. I just think War of the Worlds, Orson Welles. That, that keeps going in my mind. Uh, yeah, actually, War of the Worlds was originally by H.G. Um, Wells, and yeah, he H. G. just Wells. did the redo of it in the 19, late 1930s, which caused quite a panic in the United States at the time. But yes, you're quite right. Um, the idea that they might be practicing on us, that's creepy. <laughs> um, I hadn't thought of that. However, if they are practicing on us, they've been doing it for centuries, and they've been doing it a lot, and it makes you wonder why they have to practice on it, and that raises more questions. Um, I have a feeling that they have definitely got an agenda, I, but we have to somehow... Stop trying. Well, actually, it's a good idea to throw out all these ideas. We need to have all these possibilities. Then we need to start investigating them and see if there's evidence to support it. I'm Does the evidence show that this is so or not so? I'm going to give you one if you want to write it down. I think, you know, these abductions that's going on, okay, are not so much uh, about abducting the person now. It's to abduct them to change their DNA a little bit or implant something into them for when they have their offsprings and then they have their offsprings, there's going to be changes. 
So when whenever it, the pardon the term shit hits the fan, oh. <laughs> one of the generations will be already prepared and ready and conditioned in their mind because they could have all that set from generation to generation to generation, just like what they did with those sleeper cells from the Soviet well, Union. You know, I kind of agree with you on that because I've written several science fiction books, and often in my sci-fi I express ideas that I have about these things too. And, of course, science fiction is often a scenario in which the author does portray possibilities and, and, and praise them forth. But I wonder, um, one of my books is called The God Factor, and it was the idea that we were genetically designed, or at least altered, to believe in God. And there is the idea of the God concept, and that, and, and, and uh, a number of biologists say that we do seem to have a biological or genetic predisposition to believe in a supreme being or a God or gods, depending on whatever you want, and that we actually are um, genetically geared to believe this way, and that our brains are designed this way to a certain degree to do it. Now, if you wanted to create the perfect subservient population, you would do this. You would design them to believe in you as gods, and you'd want to create a civilization or people that would actually physically, mentally think of you that way so that you'd be untouchable and you could rule much more easily and much more safely and much more securely. And so I do think that this sort of thing has been going on. I do think that we have been manipulated to believe in gods and a god for this very purpose. I think the Anunnaki did it. I think the Vedic texts talk about the same thing. The fact that they both talk about rebellions against this shows that it didn't quite work as well as they'd hoped it would, but that doesn't mean they haven't stopped trying. No, I just think maybe that the, the, the whole process is in the DNA. So when they go to activate, maybe 20 years from now, 10 years from now, or 100 years from now, the offsprings of the people that have been abducted is already has that imprinted in their DNA. Absolutely. We have a lot of what is known as junk DNA that they used to think was just junk, a great deal of it, in fact. Now we're beginning to realize it isn't junk DNA that actually serves purposes, most of which we don't know because we've been ignoring it as junk DNA for so long. So there's an awful lot of uh, genetic sequences in our code that may actually do something just like that that we're simply not aware of. No, and we can't think about it because we can't rationalize it. That's the whole problem. We can't, with our knowledge, really sit there and, like you, me and you talked about, we don't know what they're here for. We have no idea. We don't know where they're coming from. We don't no, know what they want. a brainwashed person uh, objectively look at something when they've been brainwashed? And if we have been genetically brainwashed, how can we objectively look at something under those circumstances? If you've been designed to believe in gods or God or whatever because they want to come back and become that, and they want you to worship them, and it's been put in your DNA, how do you circumvent that? You are what you are. A cat is a cat. A dog is a dog. A human is a human. We can't. Now, we're down here where we have to go to break. Do you want to hang in after the break for about another 20 minutes, or do you want to, uh, do you want, are you tired and you want to, you know, drop off now? Oh, no, no, I have a problem hanging in there. I'm enjoying the conversation. <laughs> well, good. We'll be back uh, with Rob in about three minutes. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark. Check out our website at www. 
nightdreamstalkradio.com. And we'll be back. And I drove his motorcycle very fast Drove a big chop hop with a gang color jacket And I ran down citizens for laughs He had an old lady named Petula Who packed an automatic 45 gun They had just come up from California Where they'd shot six cops for fun Jake thought he was the best there was He's down the interstate he saw Till the day he tangled with the county sheriff Who they all called 104 Called amphetamine. So we started up to Petula and it said, Say, baby, let's split. There's a little gas station on down the road that might be fun to hit. So they drove up to the station and they both jumped off of Jake's ride. They were up to derision at Jake's decision as they both sauntered inside. The attendant, he was an old man, and you know, he didn't think it very funny. When Petula pulled out that great big gun, said, Honey, give me all your money. Man opened up the cash drawer and Jake grabbed money and ran. With the two out the door to the big chop pile that was parked on the center kickstand. Then they headed out for the four lane and they thought it was lots of fun. With Jake on his hog, with the two to the dog, with the automatic 45 gun. Jake, he thought it was the best there was, was down the interstate he saw. Till the day he tangled with the county sheriff, who they all call 104. Out the description of Jake the Maggot with the gang color jacket and Matula with the 45 gun. Now it just so happens that Jake, he was headed for 522. Well, 104 was popped in the shade, thinking, baby, I'm waiting for you. Jake laughed and thought he had it made, but you should have seen a look in his eyes. When outside Monroe on 522, you know he got one hell of a surprise. Cause up ahead on the roadway, with a shotgun looking down the ball. With his finger on the trigger in the infamous 104. Do you have a paranormal story you want to share on Night Dreams Talk Radio? You could be a guest. Email us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com. Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark wants to give a big shout out to all the truckers that listen to our show. Coming to you from some far point station, like a cosmic tumbleweed, both north and south of the Pleiades, here's your host, Gary Anderson. And here I am. 
Well, we're winding the show down. We got about 29 minutes left. Rob, I just got a funny feeling that one day we're going to find out, well, what they're here for, what they've been doing. And I tell you, it might be worse than War of the Worlds. I, but the thing is, like, I, I've got a sneaking suspicion, like I said before we went on break. I think what they're doing is when they are abducting these people and the people that are returned or maybe their DNA is more perfect than the ones that they're not returning for some reason. And maybe they're implanting thoughts into their DNA. So when they have their offsprings, that DNA is there inactive to it needs to be active. Now that could go on for uh, several generations or more, but then one day they call on all these sleeper cells and if they want to take over the world, whatever their agenda is, I, I think it's not, well, they're here to give us orbs and a good time. I think that they want something from us, uh, be it if it, it's our whatever to maybe we taste good with Hunt's barbecue sauce. I don't know. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. also, the ones that are abducted permanently, the disappeared, as I refer to them, they may not be slave labor. They may be an army in the making. They may have sleeper cells and an army. And how do we face our own people on such a massive scale, if that's true? If you're deducting well over 100,000, maybe several hundred thousand people a year from around the planet, you're creating one heck of a huge army that nobody could stand against, especially when they look like us, act like us, and are us. So that's a, a, a kind of a big deal. Uh, we're discussing now, I think, the subject of disclosure, that someday we will find out what's going on. Um, I would like your opinion and James' opinion on that idea. Do you think disclosure is coming soon? No. I, the reason why I say this, I got in radio in 76. In the early 80s, that's when the UFO craze started coming in. And all I have heard all through the 80s, all through the 90s, you know, all the way to I took a 10-year break and then come back on is disclosure. Now, you know, I'll be honest with you. A friend of mine who got me back into radio after, you know, being retired, who's no longer with us, Art Bell, was a friend of mine. And he didn't believe in UFOs at all. To him and Ramona one time were on their back deck and a triangle went by. And that changed his whole thought of UFOs and aliens and abductions to the point where it actually went from being a disbeliever to being a believer. Disclosure. I will say this. I had some friends which are no longer friends of mine because I, for various reasons, I I separated myself with certain people that they were preaching back. And you know it, James, back six months ago, disclosure is going to happen in the next two months or sooner. Well, you know what? I've been hearing disclosure, disclosure, disclosure all these years being on commercial radio. Now, the only disclosure has come out was the Nimitz, okay, that the the Navy uh, admitted that there's unidentified flying objects. They admitted that. We already knew that. That's not the disclosure I expected. The Space Force, to me, was a, a farce. Seriously, why would you give it to the Navy when we have an Air Force, which are, is supposedly more prepared for, you know, whatever? That, I thought, was really strange right there. Of course, the Navy has the biggest budget. Maybe that's it. Now, I just don't think 
disclosure is going to happen because you know what? If you lie about something long enough, you can't reverse you. you the government would lose its total face with the American uh, public. The American public would no longer trust the government. If the government came out tomorrow, Rob, and said, guess what? There is a UFOs. There are aliens and they're not friendly and they're taking people. We can't stop them from taking people. We don't know if your loved one will be taken tomorrow. People would panic like you wouldn't believe. I, I And I have had other people say, oh, that, that wouldn't happen because people now are associated with UFOs. I still think if, if the government came out honestly and said, hey, people are being abducted. They're being mutilated. Cattle are being mutilated. We can't stop it. We're powerless to stop it. You know exactly what would happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and James, what do you think? Well, I, I, along with Gary, I, I've i been waiting since the late 70s for this disclosure. I don't think it's ever going to come. I think it's going to come along slowly like they've been doing. I'm going to tell you the reason why. For number one, like Gary said, they will lose face. Number two, if they ever came out with it, there's going to be heads to roll. There's going to be people liable for lying for the trillions of dollars that have passed. And, and somebody's going to go to jail for that. So that's never going to happen like that. It's going to come out slowly like they do on. And another reason that they won't do it is because I think they want certain technologies not to get in the wrong hands like our enemies. So, uh, the, you know, everything has uh, got a military um, application to it. So uh, I definitely don't see them coming out and just saying, yeah, you know what, we, they've been coming here. We've been holding back. That, that's not going to happen. I don't ever see that happening. I, I, all I can see is soft disclosure like they've been doing every periodically six months a year. And that, that's why, that's yeah, my but, opinion. But, anyway. you know, the soft disclosure is nothing. It's been nothing. Okay? The 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 biggest right. disclosure, whatever, was the, the the Navy came out and and it took from 2004 from the Nimitz. And they said, well, these, you know, are unidentified fly, flying objects. They also made it clear that they don't know where it came from. So they have no idea. Oh, I, all I can say is, is something is going on. The, what's it going to take? Maybe it's going to take a UFO to crash again in a populated area. So now the government can't lie about it no more. They can't say it's a weather balloon. Well, actually, I kind of agree with James. I think it is soft disclosure. I think the government isn't doing a hard disclosure. I think it's doing a soft disclosure. I think it's just recently begun doing that. The idea that they admitted to the ATIP program, the Navy came out and said that those videos are real, that they had been not classified but were considered close to being classified in that respect. I think that um, the evidence has been piling up and I think partly it's due to uh, cell phones and all these cameras everywhere. And I think that the government is beginning to crumble under the barrage of evidence that's pouring in. So rather than come out and say and panic people, as you would suggest, Gary, that uh, they are, uh, UFOs exist and that we can't do anything about it, and they're abducting you and disappearing you and killing you, and it's not a th- mutilating you and you can't do a thing about it, they're doing soft disclosure. And I think it's working. Yeah, I but think the it, it, disclosure was a soft disclosure. The majority of Americans now believe UFOs are real, and and that's becoming true worldwide. 
So soft disclosure is occurring. We have switched from being panic in the streets of the 1950s, but they're doing it so slowly and so softly that we aren't panicking. They're doing it step by incremental step, and they're only telling us certain things and not all of it. Should we be afraid? Absolutely. Should we have uh, survival bunkers? Quite possibly. Should you have an escape route designed and planned? Yes, you probably should. Um, can we do anything about them abducting us? Who knows, unless we actually uh, start actually trying to work out why they're abducting us, how they're abducting us, and how to stop it. But, yeah, I do think that the soft disclosure thing is happening. The ATIP, the, the government did not say that UFOs were not real. They simply said they didn't um, present a problem for aerial navigation. So basically, they let it slip that, yeah, UFOs are real. This is soft disclosure. I don't think they're ever going to come out and say, yes, they've landed on the lawn, they've given us ultimatums, and there's nothing we can do about it. I think what you're seeing is an evolution of, of, of civilization beginning to realize, yes, UFOs exist, therefore aliens must exist, and yes, something is going on. Now, they haven't gotten to the point of that disclosure, and that may be the problem, that the reason they're here is just so horrific. Well, I, that's the, the point I'm scared about. I will say this. Going back when Ronald Reagan was president, now, I don't know if I told you this one, but my father was a good friend of James Gardner, the actor. And he was a good friend yeah. of Ronald Reagan. And I, you know, I didn't know who James was when he would come and visit my dad every summer or my dad would go to California and visit his buddy. They became friends during the end of the you know, Korean War when they were waiting to be discharged. I can honestly tell you this. I, I said to, I would like to talk to Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan had a show for young people could call up and once a month he would come on the air and he would be on for a half an hour, hour, and people could call up and ask the president questions. Well, I never called. He called me. And then after that, about a week later, I get a phone call from the White House. And it was Ronald Reagan. And we talked for a few minutes and stuff like that. And I talked to him about uh, Bonzo and all that stuff. And and I said, what do you think about, because I was, you know, in the Seattle Times and all the newspapers were talking about, we're at brink of war, uh, brink of war, I should say, with the Soviet Union. Numerous times, you know, they, they would come out with horror uh, stories in the newspapers. And I said, I, I, Star Wars, is it here to protect us from the Soviet Union? And he goes, I remember this, what he said. Well, it's to protect us <laughs> against them. Now, he didn't say the Soviet Union for them out there, actually, he said, from them out there. And, you know, at that time, I didn't really digest it. Two years later, then when I started thinking, from them out there. You were uh, dissecting the syntax of what he said. He also made a couple statements like that at the U.N. Oh, yeah. And, and in one filming of E.T., he said only a handful of people know the true story to the people that were watching the movie with him because they had White House screenings of these things. I think it was E.T. And it might have been Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I don't know. But that's not important. The important point was that he said only a handful of people really know the truth about this. So, And then he made that speech about if the we were attacked by an alien civilization, I'm paraphrasing, then we would all unite. So it sounded like uh, President Reagan knew a lot of things that were going on and just wasn't divulging them. Um, the interesting thing is, 
President Carter, before he was president, said, when he was running of office, said that he would divulge the information once he was president. He had seen a UFO before he became president when he was governor of Georgia. And once he became president, that was it. Nothing more was said. So something is going on. There is obviously... I mean, if you and I can figure out certain things and accept that UFOs are real and that this is enough evidence to support it, what is the government doing for the last 60, 70 years with it? They must have a heck of a lot more information. So obviously they're running with it, and we are being told what we're supposed to be told, when we're supposed to be told, and to a minimal degree. And I'm sure it's to keep the economy running, to keep our civilization together, to keep our technology expanding, and to keep us from panicking and all hiding in bunkers deep under the ground. Yeah, and would dump, uh, being underground in a bunker, would that really protect you if they wanted you? Think about that. You know, if they're, if they're, sure, came, we would do it. We would do it. Yeah, I know. We I've do already it. made plans. I have an evacuation route myself. It is to <laughs> a, a actual emerald mine near here, and uh, there's also a gold mine that I can go to that's within reasonable range. If I had to make it to it, I mean, it, would it help me? I don't know, but it's better than nothing, right? Yeah, but I just keep <laughs> thinking about the remake War of the Worlds, and you know. I don't know. It scares me. But, you know, again, I'm going to say this, what Ronald Reagan said to me. Again, it took years and years and years, and then it hit me what he said. What he told me is that Star Wars had another plan to it, evidently. It wasn't just if it would have been built or has it been built or part of it been built. It wasn't just to protect us against missiles coming from the Soviet Union. It sounded like it was maybe a twofold thing. Absolutely, and I think it has been built. Uh, uh, I have no super evidence to support that idea, but we do seem to have circumstantial evidence for the idea that it may have been built and that is actually in operation already. And it may not just be us, it may be international. It may even include the Soviet Union, I don't know. There would be a good reason for that. If we had a secret space force already in space, uh, why would you not tell the public? Why would you say that we're not working with the um, Russia of today, not Soviet Union anymore? And uh, the reason would be because you wouldn't want them, as Ronald Reagan referred to you about them, them to know. So that it would have to be kept secret under those circumstances. I wrote an article about that recently, and uh, there is rather reasonable evidence. I'm not saying it's convincing. I'm not saying that it's complete. But there is uh, evidence to suppose that we might have a secret space force. There's enough people have been talking about it and claiming it's true. I think there is, and I think it has been for a while. I think what we see technology-wise in our fighters, our bombers, whatever they we have, is not what the state of the art. In other words, that's what they want us to see. I think there is a generation of whatever weapons and craft far above our capability even to digest it that is my feeling my feeling is though again i don't think that if the government actually if they knew and if we knew that they were aliens here that were hostile towards humans didn't want us on our planet that maybe wanted our planet and has a agenda to do it over a certain period of time or we simply just taste good with barbecue sauce I think people would, if they came out and said that much, people would not be able to digest it. To know that you got children, grandchildren, all this, you family members 
that you can't protect, that your police department can't protect, your military, your National Guard, nobody can protect you. That would be scary. It's like your your remember when they had the draft and they they called out a certain number and that let you know if you're going to be going in the military or not. I remember that. Lottery, that was part of it. Yeah, that was number ninety eight. I never forgot that. Yeah, I, I joined the crowd, and <laughs> I, all I can say is that I think as a human myself, interviewing people for years. I just don't think people could comprehend it if they if they knew the whole truth. And I think that's why when I get a certain guess on on a certain subject, something happens. That's just my feeling. Well, you know, it may not be that the government is like totally powerless. And maybe that's trying to buy time to increase its own technology to the point where we can fight them. Uh, remember, U.S. Air Force uh, Lieutenant General Stephen L. Quast just recently, I mean, a few weeks ago, said that, um, or at least he strongly implied, not just once but several times during his lecture at the United States um, uh, military organization that the military-industrial complex had actually achieved so-called next-generation technologies. Uh, his point was that we already had, he implied strongly that we had a uh, a capability far beyond what the public was aware of. Now, this goes along with the idea of the Space Force. It could be that Trump is merely putting a stamp on what already exists. Is that true? I don't know. But again, the evidence is intriguing, and it does make you wonder what's going on. And if that's the case, then NASA is not our main space agency is just a front to to um, pretend that this is where we are in our development, which is basically where the other countries in the world are right now as well. But there must be reasons why we haven't gone back to the moon. And now NASA is claiming they might have to delay the return to the moon yet further because yeah. of budget constraints. Always there seems to be some reason why we don't go back to the moon. But we can talk about going to Mars, which is ludicrous and asinine of anything you could ever think about. But here's the thing. I, I, I seriously think this. Even if our technology is advancing, if there is aliens, they are so far advanced. Even our technology, infinite advances, I think their technology is probably advancing too. And if they're way ahead of us, I think we got a shit ro- lo- uh, load of problems coming down the road. That's what I <laughs> well, think. Well, that's true. But by the same token, do remember something. We're desperate. If our government knows they exist and knows their technology is so advanced, then we're doing everything in our power through crashed alien UFOs or whatever to try to catch up. And in the meantime, you're trying to keep a lid on the situation, on the pressure cooker. I think that lid is beginning to bubble over now at this point. But, I mean... We do have evidence through Gary McKinnon uh, that there might be a space force. We have evidence through Stephen Barone that there might be a space force. We have um, evidence through that um, uh, lieutenant general, that uh, Quast, that they're, that is far more advanced than we realize. But you would have to hide it, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want them to know. So you'd have to keep up a front. NASA might be the front. So uh, we might be, like, struggling like crazy to catch up so that we can defend ourselves. I mean, seriously, if you were in an advanced civilization and you attacked a weaker one, 
but you did it slowly or you did it under terms. And by the way, the British did this in India. They didn't just run in and conquer India. They made alliances with different um, kingdoms in India, different princes, and they um, did this to attack another one, and then they would do it again and again until they finally contained um, all of the, or, or gained all of India. Now, the aliens could be doing this as well, and we could be fighting this tooth and nail. But if you were the government and you felt powerless, what would you do? Well, you'd try to gain a means of power. And you might try to do that surreptitiously, and you might want to do it publicly, and not publicly, I'm sorry, and you might want to publicly make it look like you're not advancing as fast as you already have. Again, this lieutenant general seems to say that we are that advanced or getting that advanced. Now, are we as advanced as the aliens? Probably not. But we might be to the point where we could put up a good fight. I mean, do the aliens want a devastated planet, a nuclear holocaust, a wasteland? Probably not. If they did, they would have done it themselves. Okay. If they thought of uh, us as a threat, they would have already used that technology before we had it. Well, they maybe it. maybe they're using their technology by speeding up global warming. A- Antarctica, the North Pole, South Pole, Greenland. It's melting faster and faster. What's going to happen to our sea levels? Uh, it, well, it, actually, I... I, 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 I don't doubt that greenhouse effect is going on, the climate change oh, yeah. is going on. I think it's absolutely there. I'm not sure I can uh, blame alien species for no, it. No, but they could be uh, helped If you look at the up. record of it, the rise in CO2 of the Industrial Revolution directly corresponds to the greenhouse effect. So we may be doing it to ourselves. I mean, yes, are the aliens SOBs? Quite probably. Are they out with an agenda we don't know about, which is detrimental to us? Quite probably. But that doesn't mean that we aren't ourselves doing ourselves damage in the process. Well, if they were here to help us, they would be certainly doing something about it. They aren't doing anything to help us. They're not oh, doing no. anything. No, people no, they're who not claim us. They're not our space brothers. I'm convinced of that. Well, me and James were talking about people that claimed they were abducted, came back from their abduction, and now their cancer is cured. Well, I don't think the aliens cured their cancer. Maybe, like James said, they were on a craft that emitted a certain amount of certain type of radiation that maybe cured them. Maybe their experiment they did with the, the person, you know, accidentally cured their cancer. Or maybe their cancer went into remission on its own. Rob, I, our time is up uh, and it goes so fast. Yeah, how, how can, what books do you have uh, that oh, our audience would be. Well, <laughs> Name about four or five of them that they would you think that the listenership would uh, be interested in. Now sure, we there's one called Ancient Alien Empire, Megalithia. There's uh, Deadly UFOs and the Disappeared. There's Invader Moon. There's Darker Side of the Moon. Um, actually, there's quite a few. They can find them all on Amazon Kindle. They can get them in print version or Kindle version, or they can get them in other ebook formats if they like. They can go to my website, robshelsky.blogspot.com. But, you know, my, I think the simplest way is simply to Google me or simply to go to Amazon and type in my last name and they'll find me. Oh, yeah. Like always, I just want to say thank you for coming on, and maybe in the next month or two we'll get you on and we'll talk about one of your other books. Because I'll tell you what, you're uh, compared to a lot of guests I have on, I, I can honestly tell you that uh, you're very knowledgeable. Well, thank you very much, sir, and I find your show very intriguing and interesting, and you and James seem to have a lot of opinions. And by the way, you have helped me along with my research as well. I like to listen to informed people and find out what's going on. Well, thank you. Always a, always a pleasure, Rob. 
Thank you, James. Okay, Rob. Well, you have a great week. It's coming up. You too, and uh, thanks again for letting me be on the show. Okay, my friend. You take care. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Well, James, well, guess what? Our show is almost up here for tonight. It uh, went by again really, really fast. I'm telling you, it always does. Rob's always good. I, I enjoy when he comes on because he's always very insightful, and, and uh, he, he's not closed-minded about this issue, so it's always very informative. Well, some people are, and that's the point. I, how can I say it? I mean, we don't know what is going on, do we? We don't no, we really don't. know. But but you get a certain group of people on here. The aliens are here to serve mankind. They're here to be our space buddies. They're here to give us long life and technology. But then if they're doing this, where are the people going? Why are people getting their mouth open and their alien arms and hands going down their throat and trying to come out their nostril or their ears i mean come on why are they being implanted why are we having cattle mutilation they're not our friends i can honestly tell you that no you know my opinion i don't think they're our friends either and all these people that say that well it's because they don't want to interfere well if they don't want to interfere then why are they abducting us isn't that interfering (laughs) i think it is now tomorrow on the show We have Ron Fitzgerald. Now, he's a world-renowned horror actor. He's been in a lot of horror movies, and he's a gothic magician. Well-known for his style of tricks like you wouldn't believe, like putting a girl in a coffin, setting it on fire, all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, Ron Fitzgerald has been on the show before. He's always interesting uh, guest. And he hasn't been on for about five or six months. I'm glad to have him back on tomorrow night. Yeah, it's been a while since he's been on. Yeah, he's he's a very world-renowned uh, magician. Um, like you said, gothic kind of vampire horror movie kind of stuff. And it's going to be good. He's always good. He is. Now, go to the website, people, and go to www.nightdreamstalkradio.com or just type in Night Dreams Talk Radio and go to the website, we are doing all through January a donation drive. Oh, yeah, he wants money from me. No, most shows out there charge you for all the past shows. We have over 640 some hours of past shows you can listen to for free. But, you know, I have a lot of costs. Radio stations don't pay us to carry the show. And we do have some advertising on the radio stations. I'm trying to keep advertising free off the internet. In other words, on the internet side, you don't get stuck with the commercials. But I need a little help, you know, to help pay for the bandwidth. So if you can donate a buck or two, you can go onto our website, click the donation button. It takes you to PayPal. Donate a buck or two. You know, we're not going to buy coffee with it. We're going to help pay for the bandwidth. But, you know, this show is important. And the, the, the guests we bring you are just the same quality guests you're going to find on any of those other shows. In some cases, they're even, we get them before they do. We try to bring you the very best in the paranormal. And a lot of people go, wow, you cover UFOs and aliens and abductions more than they do. Yeah, we do, because it's a subject that you want to hear. So we're covering that more than talking about ghost hunting or cryptics and stuff. We do cover those. But we're trying to bring you the guest 
that you want to hear. Now, also coming up on, I think, the 12th or something, not the 12th. Yeah, 12th, we have Dr. Wood coming on. Uh, he's with MUFON out of Southern California. He's going to be talking about reports of UFOs. We got another guest coming on the first of uh, Feb- first week of February who is going to talk to us about his idea of a flat earth. So we're going to be talking about that with him. So, I mean, we have a lot of great topics on this show. So another thing, share us on your media. Let your friends know about us. It's important. Our numbers, as James, I've, I've showed him, our numbers are actually higher than a lot of shows out there. And it's growing fastly. And it's because you, the listeners, and a big shout out to all the truckers that listen to the show. Because you're the guys that have made the show what it is. And from the bottom of my heart, I feel like we're all family. Yep. I got to agree with you. We're at seven digits. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to jump out of here. We'll be back tomorrow. Everybody, have a great evening. Until tomorrow, stay out of trouble. Bye-bye.